Okay, so what do you want to get into do first? Which story do you want to talk about first, brother? Um, the first one I have up is I think we should talk Star Trek. Um, there's there's actually, you know, um, Brian and I talked about it. We really loved doing the weekly Terry with you guys leading up to Picard season three. And uh, and there's going to be Star Trek legacy news for a while and things happening. So we're going to continue doing a weekly segment and it's going to be called uh, the weekly Star Trek legacy. Right. I don't like that title. I know it's not the same, like <clears throat> the weekly Terry. So this would be mm-hmm. like the weekly Star Trek legacy. You guys, give us some give us some ideas in the chat for a segment about up, updates on Star Trek Legacy. We would like to hear your opinion because I don't like that title. It doesn't flow off the tongue. Okay, I can't right. do the weekly Star Trek. Legacy. Well, it doesn't work. You, 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 it almost needs to be one word. So the weekly Terry was just one, one word, right. two, two, two syllables, right? Yeah, the so, Legacy Report. I don't know. The week. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll come up with something. Yeah. So anyways, we're gonna talk thoughts. Star Trek. Yeah. Let's talk Star Trek. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Star Trek. We got several topics here, including. Um, I thought it was interesting. We haven't heard a lot about Ed Spilliers. So, um, so Ed Spilliers came in, and of course, he played Jack in Picard season three. Did a really awesome job. Up and coming actor, um, and he's becoming so popular. Uh, but we haven't heard a lot about him. So, um, recently, it was reported that Ed Spilliers was actually asked to do a little research. Uh, before accepting the role as Jack uh, in Picard and being Picard's son. And um, they really wanted him to understand Jean-Luc Picard's journey before becoming his son. And I was really surprised to hear this because it's not typical for them for people to say, hey, you need to go back and watch Star Trek. If you've watched a lot of other Star Trek shows, it's always like these guys have never even seen Star Trek. Right. right? <laughs> they come in and they're like, eh, I don't watch that stuff. But Ed Spilliers did the work and um, going back and taking a look at it, it looks as if he actually had several episodes with which he was told to look at. One of the things he was told to do was to go back to Star Trek II: the Wrath of Khan movie and start there. And they actually wanted him to watch Wrath of Khan all the way through First Contact. Okay. So all the movies. So Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country. You know, all the movies all the way through first. It's interesting because Terry and his team actually had him watch non-TNG movies. Oh, wow. So think about that. What does that mean? Like they wanted him to get the tone. Because if you think about it, the Star Trek Picard season three, it's about TNG, but it's really an homage to those TOS movies, starting with Wrath of Khan. Right. So they probably wanted Ed, Ed to get the to get the tone and the style that Terry and his team were going for, which is why they had him start back there. So they had him watch all those. Then they gave him a series of TNG episodes. Specifically, here are the episodes they gave him. Measure of a Man, Yesterday's Enterprise, The Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. So uh, if you go through these, they're all important. So Measure of a Man was the one about data. Yesterday's Enterprise is when the Enterprise C um, came back and we met Tasha Yar again. Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2 is when the cutest takes place. Uh, Darmok from Darmok and Jalad. Of course, one of her favorite episodes where Picard has to learn an entire new language based on feelings or... Right. It was it was really interesting. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, that. I, I, don't, I think a lot of people still don't fully understand how that worked. That was really cool, though. 
It was tough. I mean, it was yeah. <clears throat> it the was, meme, the memes afterwards were the best. The, yeah, the all buddy the, cop all memes. Yeah, buddy cop stuff. Um, and then of course Iborg, which was a really great episode. Um, the Inner Light, which you know, by most Star Trek TNG fans would say that's probably the best episode of of TNG, yeah. where Picard lives an entire lifetime, hands down, in somebody else's body. And, you know, when you think about it, imagine living your life now. And then living another one, like right now being however, however old you are, 40, 45, 50, however old you are, you're just cruising along and all of a sudden, boom, you're in like this other person and you spend an entire lifetime. And then at right. the very end, you just pop back in your body. Like when you think about the ramifications of that, what they really did is they, <clears throat> at the end of that episode, what a lot of Star Trek episodes would do is when he comes back um, onto the ship, you know, and he, and he wakes up basically from this experience, the, sh the episode would just end, but they really let us think about it. Let it sink in a little bit when they did the thing with his little flute with the Resican flute. Yeah. The Resican flute. They, they gave it time to, they gave us time to like process what happened before the episode ended. <clears throat> and I really think that's one of the great ones. Yeah. I got to say real quick, um, other shows have tried to do something similar, but they don't quite um, stick the landing now because, because I know what they're doing. I appreciate it but they don't quite understand the importance of what happened. Um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, uh, the framework season, one of the characters who was really sort of like squealy and, you know, sort of like he was very smart, but he was very scared of everything, one of those kind of guys, he got stuck in this world where he lived an entire life as, mm. the, as a guy who didn't lose his father. And so he ended up being like, he worked for the bad side. He worked for the bad guys, Hydra. And his dad was real hard on him. And he was like this hard, evil man. And then he he, jumped, he gets out of the framework and he remembers that entire life. He's not an evil man, but he has all those skills, those interpersonal mm -hmm. ideas. And he's a completely changed person going forward. And I don't think people fully understood because it didn't stick the landing. It didn't explain how that changed the character fundamentally, giving him... When he before he was a really nice guy, very smart, but very squirrely, and now he now he can use a weapon, and he's a little mean. What he, are we talking about? What show? This character, uh, this uh, uh, character in Agents of Shield. Oh, or not Star Trek? Okay, sorry. And I really appreciate that because I knew that they were basically doing the same thing that Inner Light did, but they didn't mm. stick the landing. <clears throat> I see. And other shows do the same thing. I'm not gonna not gonna drone on about it. There's a lot of shows that have tried this and they never stick the landing because they they spend too much time on the fantastical and not the explanation. And I love how Star Trek fixed that. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with, with, I think um, Patrick Stewart's performance with that episode. You can tell that it changed him as a, as a human being. Like his character was different after that experience. You right. can just tell um, chain of command, part one and two tapestry. And of course the finale episode uh, episodes, all good things, parts one and two uh, specifically, I guess that the, the episode that had the most impact on Ed Spillers was Tapestry. Tapestry, of course, is the episode where um, Picard is attacked on an away mission and he dies and meets Q in the afterlife and offers him the chance to uh, change a crucial moment in history and prevent the mistakes he made of his youth. This is the episode where we end up meeting his, uh, his parents. And um, it's a really traumatic incident. And I think Ed Spillers thought Jack you know, he could learn the most about being Picard's son by seeing this younger version of, 
of Picard right. and uh, and the experiences of his parents. And I thought that was interesting that they chose that instead of Picard season two. He could have said, go watch Picard season two because right. you had a young Picard with his mom and his dad. Right. Right. That's not what they told him to do. Nope. For Picard season three. So, I mean, what does that tell you? It tells you that that's not where they wanted the focus to be. They wanted to change the narrative for Picard season three because they weren't going for a continuation of Picard season two. They were going for, you know, go back to TNG and finish the story. Right. Probably, probably because uh, Picard season two was not, Remotely the same tone for the character that was TNG. It's almost like it was a bad idea to do. <laughs> so I'm glad someone yeah. recognized that. All I'm saying is it doesn't fit the character. Not, in fact, it's almost like you're dealing with a completely different character that has a completely different backstory somehow. It's weird how they tried to add and force so much into that season that was so so opposite of what Picard is or has been through. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're never going to come out and say like Picard season two was wrong. Like like right. the, the you know Terry and his team are never going to come out and criticize them. But it's little things like this that show you that it's criticized. Like you can't hide, you know. Hey, you know, listen. I really want you to study Picard season two and look at what Jean Luc's motivation was and what he what he went through as a child. Right. No, it's go back and look at Tapestry. And that's the appreciation that you get. Because a lot of people complained and said, well, look, Picard season two ruins Tapestry, the TNG right. episode with his parents. It does. So, yeah. It does ruin it. That's the problem. It does. Um, um, we got some super chats here oh, before I get to it. The, one more thing about Picard season two is when you, when you adjust it, I know I'm assuming what they were trying to do was add to the character. To make the character more deeper, more deeper, more meaningful. Hopefully, to make the character better to watch, even if you're watching a retrospective, right? But what it did was it made the character weaker, almost. It made it made the character's decisions confusing, and almost selfish, and it it, it didn't fit at all with what what we grew up with and what we were told for 20, 30 years what Picard was, who his family life was. I always assumed that he had a pretty solid family life, you know? And right. he was estranged from his brother. It's such an interesting... No, it's a irresponsible change to the character. And if you do that out of selfishness, because you want to express your own feelings and your own uh, childhood issues through this character you're writing, that's selfish... And it's all responsible. Mm, okay. I agree with what you said. Yeah. I was going to put in a poll here. See what everybody else thought. Yeah. Put it in there while I read the Super Chats. Andre Benson for $2. Thank you, Andre Benson. I think Andre wants us to do the weekly legacy. Say it. Say it. Say it like you mean it. The... <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank the... you, Andre. Weekly legacy. It's oh, not bad. I think it works. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Good suggestion, Andre. And it was that simple. You know, it just took somebody in watching to actually tell us what the hell we should actually do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why we didn't think about that. <clears throat> what was? What was? Why didn't we think about just putting legacy instead of Terry? I don't know. Because you, you feel the need to put Star Trek in there somehow. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. <clears throat> I guess you're right. Foxhound for four ninety nine. Thank you, Foxhound. Thank you so much, my friend. Ed was class. He was clearly passionate about the role, and Kirk's ship was his favorite. Winky Space. Yeah, when he said, "That's my favorite" or whatever, uh, when him and Seven were looking at the ships, I was like, "That's a man of good taste. That's a, that's a manly <laughs> man. I, I I see myself in that character. It's great." Not because the color of his skin or the fact that he's skinny and I'm fat. No, because it's he wants to do the right thing. He loves his family. Um, mm. Even when he was, oh my god, this was actually so great when they revealed that he was in the bar. He actually went to go find his dad when he learned about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't like <clears throat> he did try. You're right. Right. <clears throat> so his 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 mother thought that he didn't want to bother, but in reality. Ed or Jack actually went to go see his dad and he goes to the bar and there's a bunch of cadets fawning over Picard. And when what Picard tells them, tells Jack that his need to connect with Picard is actually quite selfish because Mm. Picard doesn't want this, doesn't need this, whatever, from what he said. And you can interpret it this way. He was offended and walked away or you can interpret it as he selflessly didn't want to. If, if if this man didn't want this, then that's fine. And I, I see well, it he, both ways, and it's I, it was just a beautiful setup for the character. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I think it was extraordinarily immature, which makes sense because Jack is an immature. He's a kid, and what do kids the the way kids look at it is they're going to look at it as. You know, he probably heard him say that and said, oh, yeah, it confirmed every one of my thoughts. You know, of course, you didn't want to have anything to do with me. Right. Um, you know, which. Which I don't know if it makes sense, like if you go back and look at, you know, what did Beverly say to Jack to make him feel the way he did about his father? And she she probably. And I'm assuming we don't know this. I would assume that what she did was. Without maybe without saying bad things, maybe gently persuade him to not go after Starfleet because she was trying to protect mm. him from that life. Yeah, I they, can, they I allude see to Gates that. doing that or not. Gates. They allude to that. They must have. Right. Because why else would Jack have the feelings that he has about his father? I mean, he he, he waits so long to go and and, and search him out <clears throat> that Beverly must have been like quietly laying the- Playing the anti-Picard rhetoric uh, through most of his life, even though it comes out and says, you know, she didn't. She left it open right. for him. Um, there must have been that because when he showed up, his <clears throat> his fears were were confirmed based on what Picard said, and of course that kept them from coming together. So, yeah, really, just a great story. I mean, could you guys imagine any different storyline where Picard has a kid? Like, was this not like the best way to like unveil a child? And like do right. the whole story. I mean, how else could they have done it better? Like they, there was drama, there was, there was emotion, there was, you know, uh, there was growth, you know, I don't know how else they could have done it. This was like perfect to me. No. Yeah. It was really well done. Um, my wife is finally watching the series. Uh, it. Wow. That's it, amazing. Let me tell you something. You guys don't know if you guys have wives, girlfriends or boyfriends, whatever you're into. And <laughs> And they, I don't know if you have significant others. Sorry, if you have significant others <laughs> that is willing that are willing to watch Star Trek with you, 
hold on to them. Never let them go. Never That's let special. them go. Mm-hmm. I have been married for 20 years this February. Congrats. This coming February. Thank you. 20 years. Um, I, I realize, I'm realizing right now, and like, I'm having like this existential crisis right now because I'm realizing how fucking old I am. Um, <laughs> but, dude, it's crazy because I have been a lifelong Star Trek fan since I was like seven years old. Mm. Since going to a convention with Robert Kaplan, one of one of our one of our dad's painters, and seeing Spock ears, and I, I remember every episode and how much I enjoyed it. Right, and then I was like, my wife's not into sci-fi. No big deal. I'll get her into it. It's beautiful. Mm. Twenty years. She just, you know what? You you finally just wore her down. That's I've been it trying. It for, took twenty years. For twenty years, no. You know what? You know what? It, you know what it took. <laughs> Ed Spillier's beautiful mug, mm. and the fact that she is a massive Downton Abbey fan. Oh well, there you go. That's that's. I what it I, is. I was like, babe, do you want to watch a show that made me cry? That has mm. has Ed Spillier's from Downton Abbey in it. She goes, oh yes. It was the made me cry thing. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. She goes, Ed Spillier's really? I love that guy. I'm like, yeah, he's in the he's in it. This, this show is so emotional that it made me cry, and I don't cry for nothing. And she's like, <clears throat> put it on right now. Didn't even tell their title. Didn't say anything. <laughs> I just put it on right. And she's like, is this Star Trek? I'm like, yeah. She goes, oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, why why are you doing this to me? I'm like, let's look look. You don't like it? Fine. I just want you to watch the first two episodes. First two episodes. Not hard. Mm. Watch the wow. first two episodes. You don't want you don't like it after that? Won't say a word. I won't bother you like I normally do every time a Star Trek show comes out. She okay. Goes, okay. Two nights, two episodes. She goes like, it's a good show. Ed Spillers is mm. great. I think she has a crush on Ed Spillers, actually, but that's that cool. might be what it is. Whatever, yeah. whatever it takes, bro. Okay. I mean, you got a better situation than me. My my wife wakes up in the middle of the night. Like she'll be dead asleep. And I'll have like Voyager on or some sort of star trek on in the middle that's what i go to sleep to at night and she'll wake up with her eyes kind of half open and she'll be like what is this awful thing you have on tv and it's <laughs> every single i'm like babe you're not even awake yet like how do you know it's awful they're like oh it's, it's star trek oh my god so it's uh yeah and you know i love my wife dearly and that's fine that she's not a star trek fan but if you do have a star trek fan as your other Hold on to that person. Hold on to them tight. And there's some of our people that do. We've Never gotten messages. Go. <laughs> We've Never gotten messages go. from 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 some of you guys that say, "Hey, look, uh, me and my wife not only watch Star Trek together, but we watch your show." So, huge shout out to those families, and you guys are you guys are I, lucky ones. Every time I I like so sometimes we put a video out and we'll have like a shirt that we're putting that we're, that we're that we're like selling on the video to support the channel, and. Every once in a while, I'll see like an order come through where it's like an extra large shirt and a large women's medium. I'm like, you son of a man. <laughs> That's a couple buying the shirts. It's a couple buying the shirt together. Oh, shit. oh, man, I know. It's okay. It's all right. From No Money G. That's what I'm, I'm going to say your name that way from now on, No Money G. That's how you got to say everybody's name now. No. <laughs> I cut Picard season three into a movie 
Oh, I cut Picard Season 3 in a movie cut for myself and watched it again. It plays so much better cut together. It's almost exactly eight hours total. Don't tell the powers that be. Well, first off, Ooh. can I get a copy? What? Don't Bogart that movie, my friend. Pass it over to me. <laughs> um, seriously. And uh, you, the powers that be, no. Now. So. Nice. No Money G, thank you so much. No Money G sitting in... I think the third spot right now. Number two spot. monthly. Oh, Number three right oh, now. Well, three now because of Kyle Porch. Because, uh, yeah. So, but thank you so much, No Money G. We had such a great time in Vegas. I hope we get a chance to do that. We're talking about trying to do a meetup out here in, in Los Angeles with Chris Gore and Robert Meyer Burnett, trying to do like our own little West Coast meetup thing. So we'll let you guys know. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, yeah, maybe, uh, isn't, does it, isn't Reagan out here too? He's in LA, I think. Yeah, he's he's still breaking into the community. So yeah, that's maybe. true. T and Toys, I owe you one hundred ninety eight dollars and one cents. <laughs> what does it say? I cannot read these. Let's see. There's it's so you can't see it. It's right there on the screen. You don't see. It? I know, but it's it's uh the way I see it in my thing. It's hard to read. Oh, I see. Well, if you log into the back end and go to viewer activity, you'll see the you'll see our super chat. I owe you 19801. Thoughts on upcoming V5 movie. I just I love that T and Toys. Thank you so much. Um I know a lot yeah. about it if you want me to talk about it. Well, for, yeah, that's the question. Go so on, it's an animated movie. Um that's the bummer. So let me uh, let me give you the good stuff. <clears throat> a <clears throat> I'm stoked that they're doing something bad on five. Babylon five deserves uh a shot. At the tw- at 2023, 2024, at this agreed at this century, right? At this uh, modern age. However, I'm bummed that they couldn't put the money up to do live action, even if it's a miniseries or a standalone direct to stream movie, whatever. I don't understand that. Animated is fine. I know that people the people out there that love animated, but there are also a lot of people that have no interest in it. So, we have two people right now on the stream. Me and Shane. I like animated stuff. Shane can give a crap. Well, unless there's one way that they can get it so that I'll love it. If they treat it like they treated the Star Trek animated series in the 70s. If they do it that way. see. So, when they did the Star Trek animated series in the 70s, the one thing that they said that had to be done was it had to be Star Trek. So the only reason Gene agreed to do animated, they couldn't afford to do live action. So that's why, and this is the same reason that BS, that uh, that B5 is going to be this way, Babylon 5, is because they can't afford to do live action. So the same thing happened to Star Trek in the 70s. They said, look, we can't come back. They wanted to bring back TOS and do it again. They right. just couldn't afford it. They had already broken all the sets. Everything was, you know, um, was done. So they decided, okay, we're going to go with filmation and and we're going to do the animated series. And um, so they all got, they came back, right? An interesting story. Spock, actually, Leonard Nimoy said that he would not come back if uh, Nichelle Nichols and um, and um, Sulu, I don't know why I just drew a blank on his actual name. Um, George Takai. George Takai. If they didn't come back, they weren't going to bring him back for the animated series because they couldn't afford to pay everybody. Interesting. And, and Leonard Nimoy says they couldn't even afford for their voices. That's hate all the people. Right. So Leonard Nimoy said, well, if they don't come back, I'm not coming back. So 
Leonard. So he held out and they all came back. But the thing was, is the, 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 the trick was that if they were going to do the animated series, and this is why if you go back and watch the animated series today, like it's obviously old animation, but it's all Star Trek stories through and through. Like it's like watching TOS episodes with the story because they had the same writers from TOS writing the animated series. Right. So that was it. Now, if, if Babylon 5 can do the same thing, like if they can animate it, but then write it as if they're writing Babylon 5 episodes, then I'll be okay with watching it. I don't like it when it gets silly. So if it was a series, I would agree with you. It's not. It is a, is a movie. Mm. So you have, you know, roughly an hour and a half tops to tell this story and re- reintroduce characters via animation. If it was a live action movie, it'd be a lot easier to do so. Um, not it would be obviously more expensive, but it'd be it'd be a lot easier. Animation is awesome, but the best animation is not is when the animators have plenty of time to flesh out the characters on screen. So I would I would tell you the best animation, in my opinion, are 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 TV shows series because you have a lot of time. There's only been a handful of animated movies that I actually enjoyed, and usually it was something involving. DC or Marvel, and I already knew the characters, so I didn't have to be introduced to them again. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I, temperature- I don't want to down this. I do believe. So first of all, the original creators involved. He did Sensate on Netflix. He's very, very talented, but I also don't understand why he's doing. I don't. Know. Go ahead. It, it's it's a temperature test. So they're going to do this animated series, which is a lot cheaper than doing you know, live action and they're going to see how it goes. They're going to find out if, if there are Babylon five fans who actually want Babylon five content. If it has a really good turnout for this animated movie, um, then they may do something, explore something further. That's what's going to happen. Interesting. I did not consider that Shane. That's what you got me here for brother. Fascinating. So yeah. You, and, and Shane is hundred percent right. Studios do this all the time. They've been doing this for a long, for 30 years. Plus, when they introduced, like, I don't know, the X-Files uh, reunion uh, four-episode arc or whatever. Like, that is to tell you, like, should we bring X-Files back? Did we get enough turnout? So they do yeah. a little miniseries. But remember, when they brought X-Files back for that little miniseries, they also had the actors already contracted for a three-season run, of which they never did. Right? So they had, they had sure. set their ducks up to knock them down had the audience responded properly, but they didn't because you came back with this like really like sort of, you know, modern Hollywood approach to it. Didn't work out. So this is what, this is what the synopsis for um, Babylon five is travel across the galaxy with John Sheridan as he unexpectedly finds himself transported through multiple timelines and alternate realities in a quest. That sounds really convoluted by the way in a quest to find his way back home. Along the way, he reunites with some familiar faces while discovering the cosmic new revelations about the historical purpose and the meaning of the universe. That sounds sounds like a lot to, to work with in the time allotted in a movie. They only, you're right. It's It's going to have to be just a taste that's all you're going to get. I mean, an animated, an hour and a half animated movie. I mean, you can do it. I mean, you look back at the, 
a lot of the South Park movies that they did, but you already had a whole universe. So what they're going to do is they're going to go back to Babylon 5. They're going to go back to the TV series and they're going to try to scrape together some overarching movie idea for the animated movie. And they're going to piece it all together. They're going to try to make it as 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 much uh, fan service and also probably a little bit of new story as possible to try to get people interested so they can do live action. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. it with science fiction right now, it's hard to just get people to throw money at it. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but Paramount's in trouble with their money. And guess what? All the streaming services are in trouble right now. They're really in trouble. So the, everybody's in trouble. They it's overextended. I ranted for uh, almost an hour last week uh, about the numbers that I looked up prior to the show. And then literally the next day they had earnings calls and all my information was wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. So real quick to wrap up the B5 thing. Uh, it looks like the movie will debut at San Diego Comic-Con 2023, which is July, July 20th, so it's right around the corner. Mm. And the uh, creator does say that this is the most uh, B5-ish of anything I've done since the original show. Yeah, I hope so. You, you haven't done well, B5. <laughs> what a weird thing <laughs> to say. They might have done some comics, no? Feels the most B5-ish of anything we've done since the original show. Okay. Well, there's nothing else for you to say. That's all you can say. Right. Okay. So that's it. Um, once again, reiterate, reiterate, I do, I would rather have seen a movie. If this is a, a temperature test, great. Um, in front of you here, I like animated. Shane doesn't. Shane did say, though, that if they did it with respect, the way they like they did the Star Trek animated series, then it'd be worth the time. So let's uh, let's hope. Let's hope for the best. That's it. Yeah, and uh, just note, you guys have managed to put a little dent into Kyle's uh, hero status. He's down about a little over 3,500 uh, points on his health. So <laughs> he's, good job whittling that away. He's like uh, it, the raid <laughs> boss at the end of uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy X. And you got everybody else, like, like you got the entire, like, He's like Guild. Baron Nashar from League of Legends or Roshan from Dota 2. He's like the, the unstoppable foe. Everyone has to fight to bring down. <laughs> it's it's going to take a little bit of everybody to bring him down. Um, so uh, with that, actually, I have a, this next story I want to talk about with Star Trek related is related to Eddie's super chat. So um, do you want to go ahead and do that? Yes. And Eddie from outer space. Hi, Great I just name. wanted to, I really want Star Trek legacy to happen under Terry Metellus and his crew. All the possibilities where to take it. Oh man. TOS, TNG, DS9 is peak Trek. STL is close. Thank you, Eddie. Eddie, really well said. Uh, appreciate the support, my friend. Uh, we just happened to have uh, some interesting information about Star Trek legacy that, we want to talk about. So there are 15 storylines already set up for us to go in Star Trek Legacy. So what could Terry Metalis and his team focus on moving forward that he's already set the stage for? Can I so tell let's you go through those? I quite literally hate half of these op these po possibilities. I like I hate it. Like well, as we go through them, you can talk about it's a guttural like. reaction. And real quick, just to remind you guys, if you don't know. The petition is at 48,589. Mm. We are we are a, a mm. few hundred 
away from 50k, baby. Let's get it. Yeah. If you yeah, haven't once signed it, hits... go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. If you haven't signed it, go sign it. Go yeah. Once it hits 50,000, um, that's going to bump it to the next level. Of course, that's at terrytrek.com. Share it with your friends. I mean, it's already gotten more signatures than any other Star Trek petition has ever gotten. Ever, yeah. And you know what's funny um, is, just so you know, change.org actually reached out to us personally, an actual person, not a form letter, mm-hmm. and and was like, let's get it. Let's work with you guys. Let's get it there. It's crazy. Um, it was... I've never we've we've made petition petitions before. We never received any actual communication from change.org, so I was shocked. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And what it means is there's there's something happening behind it. So they're supposed to help us actually also put some pressure on CBS and Paramount. Um, and hopefully it'll get some more views. There's a lot more than fifty thousand Star Trek fans out there, especially even Picard season three fans. So we just need to get this in front of more people. So if you can keep sharing it. Uh, the more people that sign, I can tell you this: if we hit somehow like a hundred thousand signatures on this thing, I mean, Paramount can't ignore it. It's it, it's unignorable at that point. Yeah, it's, un- it's- so many news people will be talking, so many news outlets will be talking about it. It will be unignorable. Yeah, and I don't see why we can't. We have videos about be- Star Trek Legacy with seven hundred thousand views. Like we just need a hundred thousand. It shouldn't be hard. Yeah. It just it's just about people taking the time to click on it. It takes honestly, it takes like thirty seconds. You yeah, know, you go over there. You know, if you don't have a change.org account, I don't even know if they make you sign up or not. Yeah, you can sign in with Google and no money required. Yeah. You just sign your name and and if you want to don't leave give comment, any money, please don't. In give fact, yeah, don't. If when they ask you for money, please do me a favor and don't give them a penny. Okay, don't give them any money. It doesn't I, make a difference. I understand they use that to promote the petition or whatever. But we can't verify that, so we do not think you should give them any money. Yeah, if you want to give them money to support change.org, that's totally up to you. But if you think it's going to make the uh, petition go to more people, I don't think that's true. So, Yeah, well, there's no way for us to verify it. So, All right, do you want to start at number one or 15 to – you want to go 15 to one or one to 15? It doesn't really matter. I don't think one is – I don't think one is like better storyline. I just think these are 15 numbered. Okay, I'm gonna start. So at I would one. start. At I'm the gonna top. start at one just because I have OCD. So I don't like going backwards. You know, you scroll up. For oh this my thing? god! Okay, I'm gonna start at 15. Why don't you just say start at 15 then, Brian? Are you are you gonna show them? Or are you just gonna follow along? I'm gonna show them. Yeah. Oh, I see. You're showing them. Okay, start at one then. If you're gonna show it, start at one because then it makes sense. I wasn't gonna show them. I was just gonna read them through when we were gonna oh, talk about okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. Number one, Jack Crusher as special counselor to Sev Captain Seven. Okay, so as we all know, at the end of the show, um, Jack gets a special special counselor position. Something, you know, it's it's not Troy. It's it's like a totally new position. It's basically like an honorary position. I, they just created it, right. and it makes sense. <laughs> Because, and the reasoning behind why they created this, but we had Chris Monfett on and he talked about, I'm like, hey, so what's up with this? Why not science officer? Why not? And the reason was when they do Star Trek Legacy, they don't want to handcuff Jack's character. Right. So if you put him in a role, a specific role, then you're limiting how much screen time you can have, which tells you that they plan on using him a lot, like 
he will probably be one of the one of the main three characters, right? Obviously, of a new series. Um, so I think that was part of it. So they can they can go on go forward and kind of explore, uh, you know, Jack's role on the ship. You know, they can send him out to do. You know, he's a uh, a rogue, right? He's a yeah. What do I, you call re- it? I really like that almost like respectful approach to like <clears throat> we are planning on doing this. We're planning on doing more of this. And we don't know yeah. what we're going to do with the character yet. So let's give him this sort of title that can go any way and just and just roll with it. I like that. Doesn't it? Yeah. I, I, I love how because they didn't. OK, so the crew, the the guys who made this stuff, Terry and Chris and 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 everybody Matt. who made the show did not have permission to like prep for a new show. No. So they, they went and made the whole show and they just kind of decided on their own. Look, we're going to. We're going to grease the skids for a new series. Um, had they had they probably had some oversight, they probably would have been told, "Hey, you know, slow your roll on this, like setting up a new show thing." Right. Yeah. We got. Uh, we, got, but, we, got we got other things going on right now. Because Paramount's not not happy right now. But they're like, "Damn it, petition, <laughs> you know, right? Fifty k. <laughs> we have other shows going on. <laughs> We've committed to other things, and look what you guys have done, right, dude." And uh, so, kudos to them, and more power to them. I mean, that's like a power play. You know, they've they chose to make it so, you know, that we could do more Star Trek and they kind of handcuffed them a little bit and said, yeah. well, sorry, we wanted to make a really good story. And and I, I got major um, mad respect for them for for just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, huge kudos. So. So number one is exploring Jack Crusher's uh, uh, position as special counselor to Captain Seven. That's cool. But I think what we just told you was. If when legacy happens, that position won't be his position. It won't matter. Yeah. So debunk this. <laughs> Number two, Dr. Agnes Gerardi's board return. No. <laughs> no. Okay. So <clears throat> at the end of season two, of course, we know we've got the friendly Borg, the good Borg, um, who are from an alternate timeline, oh, have broken through the timeline to our current timeline and uh and are now there protecting a giant butthole from the 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 main borg to come in now we've got a problem are they protecting from the main borg that's what the the butthole was for right no no they didn't no no they didn't tell you what the butthole was people assume oh we didn't know who was coming no one knows yet another problem from picard season two let's end an entire season not knowing what's coming through the butthole yes i'm i'm so i'm so angry about this because we heard from sources that they were going to have our, the, the real Borg come through the butthole and just smash Gerardi's <laughs> Borg ship into a billion pieces and continue on as if nothing happened to sort of tie up that loose end <laughs> to end the loose end <laughs> that would have ended the whole that would have ended the whole point it of the season ended it. two so like this yeah. giant Borg, like remember the remember the Borg ship was massive, mm-hmm. right? I don't care how big Gerardi's Borg ship was. This ship was like huge. It was gonna come right. through the butthole, the transwarp butthole, and sm- literally just not even engage, just smash through Jaborgi's ship into a billion pieces, and then continue on its merry way as if it hit a speed bump. I that didn't work out. I yeah, they they didn't they didn't do that. 
but oh my god I would have been. They didn't have the time or the money to do. Yeah, it. it's so expensive. But I would have been so thrilled. It, it, it could have. It could have. It could have fixed part of season two, and we wouldn't be now tied. And and then it would have also fixed the problem with Picard season three. If you ignore Picard season two, one and two, then you, and season three is nearly flawless. But because of Picard season one and two, there are things where you have to ask. Why, why didn't they contact Gerardi, Jaborgi? Where is the that Borg? Even with Todd Stashwick saying, "Forget that weird, shit, that weird shit out there." The real, As he even like the character literally says, "Forget whatever happened last season. This is the important stuff." But you got to ask yourself, wh- where are they? I'm that. I, I can ignore season two and enjoy it, but I have to ask myself canonically. Okay, so <clears throat> why not reach out to them? And I know the real well, reason. They don't want anything to do with that season. But Well, he did say that she's on the other side of the galaxy somewhere. That's what Terry said. Right? right. She's off on the other side of the galaxy somewhere protecting the the, the transwarp conduit. Right. But the other side of That's the galaxy, what he said. it was it was really close to Federation <clears throat> space in season two. Just so you guys know. Well, I'm it just was, saying that's what he said. So he must remember have moved it was her. a it, it, <laughs> yeah, remember it was a threat to Earth. It was a threat to Earth in season two, right? What it was it a threat to Earth or was it just a threat yeah. to? The, the, she the had to network all the Federation ships to stop the. That's true. Yeah. No, it was definitely a threat. So he moved her because he doesn't want to deal with her, and they didn't have the money to tie it up. And so, but it makes it it, it really there it it introduces it introduces a flaw into my beloved season three. I don't think it introduces a flaw mm. because he said that she was off protecting the transwarp conduit for, for whatever reason, they could not engage what was happening. Who said so it Terry, I know, I know, but it's, it's not in the, sh- we know that, but it's not in you the can't, show. I know, but there are certain things you can't address everything in the show. Why didn't, you know, there's all kinds of alien races. Where were the Klingons? You know, why didn't, you know, nobody else showed up to support the Federation in this thing? Should we be asking those questions? Well, as well? it happened. So it happened. We we already established that it happened very quickly, right? In a span of... Right. So Gerardi might not have been close enough. Yeah, maybe it's, you know, supporting Federation space. They may not have been able to get back fast enough from wherever they were. Okay. So... If I the guess... Klingons can't get there who are on the edge of Federation space... Well, I mean, they didn't reach out to Klingons, though, right? But maybe they should. I guess they probably should have. They Why did they don't... do that? It ruined season three. Yeah, I, I know that's not that's not the case at all. Why would they Why reach, they reach out, out to the to Klingons their... to deal with? A Borg Why did they issue reach that... out to their, their allies? What, yeah, the Borg no. is bad for everybody, not Bro, just for the Federation. The Starfleet, Starfleet, Starfleet's not doing it. It'd be it would be John Luke and his merry man of rogues well, going to the Empire to try to deal with it. But this is different. Jaborgi's not Starfleet. Right, this would be different. He actually has a relationship with Jaborgi, and she's Borg. So I get what you're saying, but as, like, let's say I was a casual viewer, and I'm watching... I mean, Worf is hanging out. He could have called the Klingon Empire and been like, what up? Uh, I, I get what you're trying to do, but it's not working for me. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to make it fit. I don't think you need to, just because the Bor- just because Jaborgi's out there, does not mean she has to be the hero of season three. No, 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 but maybe uh, a line in the show explaining 
that the character that was introduced surprisingly at the end of season two, who is also Borg, a line in the show, not a line from Terry on Twitter, a line in the show. As a casual viewer watching seasons they one, did. two, and three, Todd gave that line. Captain Shaw gave that line. I uh, yeah, but and I'm not talking about that stupid shit that happened over there. So I mean, him saying that completely said basically that's pointless. Don't even w- think about that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I right. think that. I mean, they obviously aren't going to be like, oh, my God, we can't call the Jaborgi because they are way over here doing this. Unfortunately, shucks. Well, but you know, what, that they what just if, what if seven's like uh, Admiral? What about Girardi? And Admiral can say we've lost contact with her weeks ago. I have so much respect. I have so much respect that they didn't give more than a second of that bullshit from season two. No, I, know. I have so much respect. I, I don't want I them. You. Why don't, you know, it's for the same reason they don't ever need to say that Michael Burnham is Spock's brother ever again. No, you're right. I don't care if it's canon. I don't need them to bring it up again. You're completely correct. So don't correct. even bring up Jaborgi. Don't even bring her up. So you're completely okay, she's correct. out there somewhere. But as a casual yeah. viewer, when I finish season two and I boot up season three, it's going to be a confusing point of contention. You shouldn't have watched seasons one and two. (laughs) Even Patrick Stewart himself said, this is recently came out. Okay. If you guys weren't aware of this, Patrick Stewart even said, perhaps we should have done it this way from the beginning. Oh yeah. No, no shit, bud. Okay. Come on. All right. So (laughs) even he realizes the mistake that was made. Listen, let's just let Picard season. And I understand there might be some people who love Picard seasons one and two. And if you did, no problem. I'm sure you didn't go into season three going, well, maybe you did <laughs> go into season three going, I got to see more of that Jaborgi. I mean, maybe no, there are people who wanted to see that. There are people that love Jaborgi. I don't get it, well, but there are people that like, they like draw them and there's like, there's like fan fiction and stuff. It's crazy. Well, I mean, think about it. It's like a totally different type of Borg, but you can argue the merits of whether or not the Borg should be good guys. It's kind of weird. Remember, we, we were like, oh, okay, the Borg's good now. All we know is that the Borg, as we know it, are destroyed, right? So the Queen's dead, and as we know it, and they've confirmed it, Terry and his team have confirmed it, the Borg are gone. That was it. The Borg are done. But you're right. Canonically, you've got these good Borg out there. So anything's possible. Okay. We've spent too much time on this one. Yeah, we really did. Moving on to number three. Wesley Crusher can meet Jack Crusher. No! Uh, no! 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! No! You got you got to you got to be more specific than that. No. Yeah, you know, listen, Wesley had his time in in season 2. They ruined the character when they made him a traveler. Period. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Wesley Crusher Wesley meeting Jack as a traveler. But knowing he's he's what they've turned him into and that alien, I, I'm I'm just so frustrated it's that frustrating. they ruined that they ruined the whole um, TOS, you know, alien race and made him tra- the travelers. I I don't know why they had to do that. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about respecting canon. Like you don't just lop onto something that was so. You know, so cool right. that, that could have had its own story and then just make it pointless, like uh-huh. mushing the travelers and 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 um, it literally ruined seven. It, it cool. ruined a piece of my soul 
Gary Seven was a ridiculously cool character. Such a cool character, I might add, that that episode was actually a backdoor pilot to another mm-hmm. another show that didn't never ha- didn't happen. Right. Let me tell you something. They could have made this race. This could have been a like a a cool, almost. I could have been a throwback to the very original. They could have weaven them through history. It could have been something really fantastic to turn them in to those weird. Uh, Do you want candy from my van? Traveler race was the absolute worst decision you could have made. You you took a possibility, right? You have this possibility. It can be anything. You can mold it into something that's subpar or good or great, right? Whatever. You can make that that epi- uh, Gary Seven's character better. You can make him a villain. You, you can go so many ways. But you took that and you did the absolute worst possible thing you could have done. Well, it's sad because they did it just so that West, so that Will uh, Wheaton could have a role in season two. The whole, I mean, they, they could have just had him show up as the traveler and take Soji away. It wasn't even Soji. It was, it was, um, the, Doge? Uh, no, whatever. no, no. It was uh, the clone, whatever. It got really confusing. It was the clone's, do- clone's they, daughter. They were using, the, like, that's not, season two used a lot of the same actors. So they had to, they had them under contract. I know, they had, but, but it's, but it's confusing. It really is confusing. So, they could have had him show up as the tra- as a traveler and just pick her up and make her a traveler. It would have been no problem. But forcing the it's him to be one of the Gary Seven aliens was just a waste of canon, like a waste of an opportunity. It's it was it just shows so such a frivolous care for you know the stories that can be built later. One of the things you can say about Terry is him not addressing the Gerardi Borg thing does allow some other creator to do something with it later. Like he didn't, he didn't crush it necessarily. Now they just ruined the Gary seven alien civilization by making him travelers, which makes absolutely zero sense by the way. Makes zero sense. Because if you go back to TNG and the traveler showed up, did he show up? Was the little doorway there? No, no. You know, did he come in and go by that means? It really, uh, it really was disappointing and very, you know, yeah, it's clearly not what they intended for that character. When they introduced the traveler, they did not at no point did they ever in even even it didn't even cross their mind that he was the same race as Gary Seven's character. I'm well, sorry. it was a throwaway. It was pointless. It was like a episodic. Yeah, it, it, they could have just had the travel him show up as the traveler, and you get your Will Wheaton, you get your Wesley Crusher sighting, but they had to like, no, let's connect him to this story somehow, and make him a watcher, and you're just like. Why? Why did you do that? Why, That's when you wish there you... was like one person in the white writers' room, like one person one. to sit there and go, "Please, God, no! Please don't do that! Please don't please do that! No, don't no. ruin this for everybody!" <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please, Akiva, don't do this. Okay. One person. I mean, these these poor writers have to right. go on strike to try to make enough money. Do you think they're going to stand up in the writers' room and say, "No, you can't do that"? Right. And that's that's so like a lot of people are putting a lot of a lot of heat on the writers, dude. You guys don't get it. Like these people are just like us. They're trying to they're trying they're trying to work their craft, their job that they've been wanting to do their entire lives. They're trying to be the best. They're trying to work their way up the ranks so that they have the power to actually write what they want to write. And they're you think they're gonna be able to stand up against Akiva Goldsman and or Alex Kurtzman and say no, no. That's right. not going to work. No, because they'll be fired. 
Um, the next day they'll come in, their badge has been demagnetized, and their and their stuff's on the curb. Like they yep, they they you're right. So it takes someone that is a showrunner that also loves the material that also then has writers that also love material. It takes it, it takes both. Just just even the takes writers. Kids glove, but even takes kids glove on the, their parts. Even like if Terry comes in and says, you know, like, hey Akiva, let's not do that. Like there's a there's a ranking order. Like there's a hierarchy of of rank structure in there. Like Alex Kurtzman yeah. number one, Akiva Goldsman number two. Right. You know that's how the rank structure in Star Trek works. Well, yeah, and so right that's now. what that's and what makes Terry so special. He's able to navigate those. He can waters navigate. Yeah, he can politically. Hey, you know that's not really a very good idea. You know, let, let me tell you what a better idea would be. You know, like you could do that if you want. You know, like you can do that, but imagine if you like said. Look, we, you know, you can do something. We can do the Gary Seven. These, this was a whole thing with these Watchers. Like you've created this great thing. If you attach them to the Travelers, it's done. Right, it's over because we already have defined what the Travelers are. We have not defined what the Watchers are. Right, and the moment you combine the Travelers to to the Gary Seven Watchers, you have now defined that alien race, and there's nothing else you can yeah. do with it. Because what do we know about the Travelers? Right, they don't ever run into anybody. Right. They're very uh, nobody can see, you know, nobody can visit them. Nobody. There's no interaction. They're very xenophobic. Right. You mean the watchers? And no, also the travelers, too. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, you know, I, we, don't, um, we don't know that about the travelers, though. The only traveler... We learned a little bit in the in that episode. Yeah, we did. But like, I didn't know the travelers were like actually like some like. Secret organization, it just felt like. Know, there just... are similarities. Like, I understand why they did it. Like, they're like, oh, you know, the Travelers are kind of secretive and these Gary Seven people are kind of secretive. But, you know, you just made the universe smaller by doing that. That's right. All I'm say. Well, bottom line is, like, you you had the opportunity to do something with this character that most Star Trek fans for 50 years have been waiting to, waiting to know more about. And right. you just combine them with a character they already knew. That's what you did. Like, that is that that's why it's the worst decision. It's not the worst decision because you wrote them poorly. I would have taken anything over that because any actual story, even if it was bad, would have been better than just combining them with a character that already existed. Yep. All right. Let's keep going. All right. So that's number three. Because there's 15 of these. I know. I'm sorry, guys. This <laughs> might be a long number one. Four. Number four. Deep Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, follow up. Yeah. I'm down, I'm down with this, of course. Well, we already know that this was a follow-up. You know, Picard season three was, you know, what happened after the Dominion War. Um, we got the Changelings. We got, you know, we, we got a lot of DS9 stuff. We got post-Worf. What else could we do? Could they go and explore what's up with the Bajorans? Sure. Um, could they go and explore what's up with Cisco's family? You know, you got Jake Cisco. You could bring him back into Star Trek Legacy. Sirik Lofton's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you could definitely continue that story. I don't know if you want to. I mean, you could. Go, could you imagine like going back to DS9? Like and seeing what's happened all these years later. That'd yeah. Be cool. uh, dude, a friend of ours on Twitter is making these like. <laughs> I'll show you guys. They're making these mock-ups of uh, Star, Star Trek Legacy. And it's really quite clever. So he, he makes the mock-ups in order to fool his uh, his wife or something. 
and he he'll create them in Photoshop, and then he'll put them on TV as if it's like a pause frame on Netflix or Hulu or something. <laughs> He's messing with his wife. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's funny. And he tagged us. I'm trying to find it. He tagged us in the um in the first one. He was like, uh, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> So he tagged us and he was like, and someone says, Hey, can you now, now you just need to, can you create the rest of the, of the, of the show in this way? And mm. I, I responded with, all right, that's one frame down. You have 28,998 left to go for a 60 minute movie. <laughs> and he responded with this and I'll show you what he looks like. He goes, oh, okay, pop guy guys, two frames done. 28,798 more to go. <laughs> and here's the, Here's the frames. Like, so he's using like, it looks like Prime. It looks like he's paused it. So it's on the TV. It looks like it's been paused okay. on Prime. So his wife comes in and she sees this, like, seven nine Doug Bakira. <laughs> That's messed up, bro. Bro, like, imagine you came in. It was paused and it said Star Trek Legacy season one episode three, and they're at Deep Space Nine. Like, I would lose my crap. <laughs> I need video footage of her response. Oh my god, that's that's, that's really funny. So that credit goes to uh I guess his name is just Will. This guy. He's a really awesome dude. Uh yeah, he's he's been some good stuff on Twitter. Yeah, so check him out. Um all right, so back to this. I just thought it was funny, like this guy is making uh all twenty eight thousand frames of Star Trek Legacy. Keep going, keep making this keep making the story. All right, number five. Star Trek Voyager follow up. Yeah. Makes Got some sense. news on that. I mean, go ahead. Got some news on that. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, Harry Kim, a.k.a. Garrett Wang. I guess I say Garrett Wang, a.k.a. Harry Kim, right? <laughs> Depends on how you want to remember him. Whatever. I'm going to say Harry Kim, uh, played by Garrett Wang, actually was going to be in Picard Season 3. Yes, that's right. And they said, no. You belong to Prodigy. <laughs> no, wait, really? Yep. No, Garrett? He's complaining, he complained about it. He's like, no, apparently the Harry Kim character belongs to Prodigy, which is why we didn't see him and probably why we didn't see Jamie. I didn't hear that. I heard something different. Oh, what did you hear? I just read this yesterday. Well, it's, it's oh, I see. It doesn't actually belong to it. They have dibs on it. So it's not it's not that he belongs to to Prodigy. They didn't want to they didn't want to take use any of the Voyager characters apparently. I guess except Tuvok. Well, that that was his words. He says uh, apparently the character belongs to Prodigy. I'm going to go ahead and say that might have been the excuse he was given. Because um, what I would have said if I was if I was him, I would have been like if I was Garrett, I've been like, okay, so Tim Russ is on why. Right. Because he's a Voyager character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they said, oh, no, the Voyager characters belong to Prodigy, and then you follow up right. and there's seven of nine talking to Tuvok. Hey, yeah. I got some questions. Yeah. My guess is that this was the thing going around when you didn't get invited. So it was probably like, um, can I get on Picard season three? Oh, you know what? We, we wanted to bring you on, but I'm pretty sure Prodigy owns you guys. You know, that's the, the whole thing with Janeway. The, with Janeway is that uh, the reason they didn't bring her in is because A, it was going to cost a lot of money to bring her in, and right. B, she was already doing Prodigy, and there was that confusion. Confusion. 
So they just didn't do it. Yeah. Been too much of a battle. Yeah. So here's, here's the actual but, uh, interview. Just, just real quick. Um, he says, uh, Wang said he was supposed to have a three episode arc in Picard, but Harry Kim's character belongs to prodigy. And that's why it didn't happen. I don't know if it belongs to and prodigy. You I mean, down. unless they're bringing, maybe they're bringing him in season two. Maybe they're bringing him season two of prodigy and we don't know it. I don't know. You know what would have been really funny? Like straight up. Imagine this. Instead of Harry Kim being Captain Harry Kim, he was still Ansem. I am. Yeah. I know you say that pretty frequently. No, but think about this. You meet him, right? And mm-hmm. let's say he's actually a captain. You meet him though, and the turbo lift doors open and his pips fall off. And it's just the one. He's like, oh. It'd be funny. It'd be funny. They should do that for lower decks. So that would be the lower decks joke. If his I'm, character ever went there. I would I would I would I would literally cheer. <laughs> you couldn't do it on a live action. I show. guess you're right. Okay. Moving on. Number it's too six. silly. No, I'm not finished with five. Oh, you're not? Okay. I, I didn't even get a chance to talk. But that's oh, cool. I'm sorry. Sorry, bro. Let's move on to six. My bad. Uh, listen, I wanted to say this is important. This is one of the one of the important ones because Star Trek Legacy will be a Voyager follow-up, in my opinion. So I think what you're going to get is coming up is, depending on what happens with the writer strike, but I'm pretty sure this is what they would like to do. I think they want to do a limited series with, with Janeway and with Seven of Nine. And okay. I think that's going to be your... Now, what is Seven of Nine doing? She's the captain of the Enterprise G. Right. What is Janeway doing? She's an admiral. The story for a miniseries would take place in the 25th century, which is where we want to do legacy Star Trek. So I, I feel like you're going to get a Voyager follow-up in Star Trek Legacy because this is the natural place where it's going to go. So that was my point. I agree. Why not? You know, and throw some DS9 in there for fun. All right. More... We got more DS9 than, than Voyager. That's true. That's true. Picard season Throw three. a little bit of DS9 in there. Because I would like okay. to see, like... Cisco's kid. I'd like to see Quark again, too. And I'd like to see Quark. Yeah. And you know what? Just, even if it's just in passing, I want to see that big alien, Mort, or whatever his name is. Who? The guy always, it was always at Worf's bar. Oh, Quark? Quark's brother? No, no. The the alien Mort, Mort, I don't remember his name. Mm. Looks like a blob. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number six, more TNG kids join Star Trek Legacy. Hmm. No, I'm good. No, we don't need more. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, listen, a lot of people were upset when after season two, Isa Briones and and some of the other characters didn't get a chance to come back from Picard season three. The reality was is they just couldn't afford to pay all the TNG actors, all the old TNG actors to come back and also renew the contract for the young people who were in seasons uh, one or two, one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so could they bring them back more in legacy? I've heard that I've heard like, well, yeah, they could, they could continue those character stories. Now they could, now if they wanted to bring, um, you know, bring Brent Spiner back to play data, the new data and also bring his daughter in, right? Soji. That might be interesting to have to see that dynamic, right? I wouldn't mind um, if Soji joins Starfleet, in, you know, at at the urging of her father in some way after their connection, and you know she's part of the of the crew with like Crash the Forge, you know. 
She wasn't a bad right. character. She was just in a bad season. She played like two different characters. You know, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, they shouldn't have had them play different characters. That was the second confusing. season. Yeah. Doji and I, was something like that. Right? And well, she had Doge and Soji. That was the first season. She played two characters. And then she played the the clone in season two. She was the, you know, the ancestor. That's of, right. Yeah, she played, she, she, yeah, she played three characters. You know what you should never do, Shane? Play three characters? Confuse the crap out of your audience. Yep. And, like, I've, I've watched mo- all these seasons multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Yeah, you're right. Her, the whole like her character dying and sister, it's just confusing. It's weird. And it's confusing. They shouldn't have killed off Doge. They should have just made Doge the character the entire time. I don't. Why, why did they require two sisters? Why? There's no reason. Right. It was like, well, they wanted the surprise, so they wanted to kill one. I get why they did it. It wasn't surprising though. Well, they killed one. No, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because of the trailer that they messed up there. I don't know. I get what they were going for. But if, if they're going to bring back more TNG kids, I want to see Alexander. Yes. That's the one requirement I have. Worf's yeah. son, I got to see Alexander. I want to see what happened. If you're going to have a Klingon, let, let that be the guy. And let's find out what happened. If you want to bring back Elnor, I don't think it's necessary. We've got young people. And you don't want to have too many young people. You know, we don't want the, the cast to be too big. It's confirmed Elnor died on Excelsior, though. He didn't die. Damn it. Why not? Yeah, he didn't die. But he was on the Excelsior, and they well, exploded. He, there was there was an exclamation. It, explan, there was an explanation oh. after this. Apparently, he was not on that ship. Fascinating. How convenient. Well, so what if we see a Star Trek legacy with Captain Seven, Jack, uh, LaForge, Alexander, and uh, Soji? That would be enough. That would be more than enough, right? Yeah. More mm-hmm. than enough. Okay. I'm, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. I'd be that. okay with it. That would literally Depending be on how the, they next, use it. the next generation of the next generation. I'll take that. And to be fair, I love uh, the first LaForge sister. I forgot, I forgot her name. She's awesome. Sydney LaForge. Sydney LaForge. Sydney LaForge is awesome. The actress is great. She plays it great. Everything about that character <clears> is great. Well, she got more screen time. She got more things to do. We didn't really get to see a lot with uh, That's true. LeVar Burton, with Mika Burton. She didn't get to do a lot. That's true. So, you know. All right. Moving on. Number seven, legacy guest stars. So I think this is re- this is a requirement. Like, yeah. if you're going to do Star Trek Legacy, you got to have some bouncing in of some characters. We don't need anybody to be there maybe all the time. Although having, you know, Admiral Riker... Um, a, you know, a main part of the show. I would really like that. Yeah. A little bit of um, Worf, a little bit of data. I thought what was really interesting. Jonathan Franks recently shared uh, the fact that um, he hasn't been, they asked him if he wanted to act. He was on the shuttle pod show and they asked him if he wanted to act more. And he's like, yeah, I kind of, I do, you know, I've right. kind of got wanted to act again. And he goes, but what's weird is like, nobody's offered me anything. Right. Like, you know, he's been told his performance was great, but nobody's offered him anything. That might have a lot to do with just projects and the writer strike and everything else happening. But um, he would he would do good to pop in and out. Beverly would do good to pop in and out. Yeah. Um, Data. I don't really. I mean, if we don't get Jordy, I think I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't mind a little bit. Jordy probably would get. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't we? He's the youngest one, right? Well, he has daughters, 
So, but I mean, listen, Jordy's an engineer. Like if he's not doing Jordy things, like, yeah, I, I need Jordy doing Jordy things. And that was the one thing about, I love that he was in Picard season three. Right. But we didn't see him really do a whole lot. Right. But and Sydney of the Forge to has to be a part of Star Trek Legacy. 100%. I would, well, she should be there over him. Right. Obviously. I think so. It's yeah. the new, the new generation. But the fact that she's there though, has a connection to her legendary father. There's no reason why they can't weave him in from time to time. A very, very, very limited basis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more curious. And to that's see not a knock, by data. the way. I love LeVar Burton. I think he's awesome. No, no, absolutely not. He's, he's wonderful. I just need him. If he's not going to be on the ship being an engineer, having him stand around just talking is not good enough. Right. It's not yeah. enough for me. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, like, Clint, like be... Worf is a warrior. If Worf yeah. wasn't doing warrior things, it'd be confusing. <laughs> it would be. It would be kind of a waste, I think. You know, right. we don't want him just on the sh on the show for his star power. You know, we want him there adding to the story. That's the problem is with, with these Star Trek shows is when you when you don't have them there doing something important, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like when Scotty comes back and and he's on TNG all those years later, um, Jay, uh, uh, Jimmy Doohan, he, he was critical to that episode. He actually forwarded the episode and it was an important episode um and for his character so i thought that was good yeah that was that's one of my favorite episodes i just sneezed i apologize bless you bless you um uh when when they find him in the dyson sphere not only did they bring a dyson sphere to life on screen uh, mm -hmm. an idea that's been around in you know sci-fi books since 1925 then they also brought uh uh, Scott back, Montgomery Scott back, and the way they brought him back was such a Montgomery Scott way. It was so clever. Mm -hmm. I loved every yeah. second of that episode. And there, it was like, oh, which which engineer you like most? No, oh, that episode showed how different they were and how their approaches yeah, were so fantastic. different. And it made you and you you love them both equally. It's great. All right, moving on. Number eight, Starfleet life after Borg assimilation. No. Yeah, so no. yeah, you're right. Well, here's the thing: is like, move on. Like, it's been dealt with. They removed all the Borg genes. Uh, they processed everybody. There's really, there is no life after Borg assimilation. I don't right. think. Like, um, maybe the tra the trauma. So that's the problem: is, is if you if you if you go after this, now you're dealing with the trauma of being assimilated because so many young people were assimilated. Right. So it is a storyline, but how? Do you really want that? Do but you want them to explore their feelings? On how much trauma would you have for the three hours you were assimilated? I mean, you might have. I mean, look, look when you look at Locutus, like, so to say there's no, but we've already told that story. Like, we've experienced the Starfleet, like, what it's like to have to deal with life after being assimilated. Like, do we need to keep telling that story? I don't think so. I agree. All right. Moving on, number 10, the Enterprise G needs a new science officer. What, what that's nine, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I you know, listen, uh Tavine, Lieutenant Tavine did really good. Stephanie uh Chajowski, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, you know, she was killed during Picard season three, and she did a good job. Um, but who said that the Enterprise G needs a new science officer and they don't already have one? So I'm sure when 
when seven took over command and they did a refit, it was already assigned a new, new science officer. Right. So you're going to see a new bridge crew officer. Does that bridge crew officer need to be someone important and integral, integral to the crew? Probably. Um, so could that be Soji? Could that be your new? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, there you go. Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't mind uh, Soji. I didn't like the way it was written, but I think the actress is good. I think she did a good job. I, I think the idea of that, of that, no, actually, I don't think the idea of that, actually, the character doesn't make any lot of sense. Like they cloned her out of like a, nah, that's just, ignore. I like having a Vulcan a part of, as a part of, yeah, I would rather have a Vulcan, a Starfleet vessel instead of, cause like Soji is going to bring up the, the sort of like, excuse me, but the stink, I guess, of season one and how it doesn't make sense how they created her out of like a single, uh, Positronic right. engram or whatever that doesn't never that never made yeah. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's best to probably just let that go. I like the care. I do like the character. I like the idea of like Data's daughter on the Enterprise, but mm-hmm. the way she came to be is just so weird to me. Right. Number ten is Alondra LaForge, the Enterprise G's new chief engineer. Good point. That'd it's be possible. Cool. Um, why not? Why can't two sisters serve on the same ship? They can. Yeah. There was a time in the U.S. military where they used to break up siblings. They couldn't all serve together Mm. after the Sullivan's ship went down in World War II. Like like four brothers all on the same ship all died at the same time. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is not a bad idea. I'm down for that. That's cool. Cool. It really depends on if Mika Burton can, like, pull off, pull it off. Like, you know, to be the engineer it comes with something like, right. You really have to, your personality has to come through. There has to be something. And that's the one thing we didn't get um, from this character from Alon from Alondra. We don't really know who she is. Right. Like I think Sydney overshadowed her. Um, she really was kind of like a clone of her father, I think in a way. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get to see her break out. So if she does come back on the show and she is the chief engineer, what is she? Is she, is she Belana Torres, you know, like frustratedly angry. Is she, witty is she calm i mean what what would she be you know um hammer just stop <laughs> stop her stop breaking my heart every sorry time just, bring him up so it's so like upset. you use him like a dagger on me it's, it's like, so upsetting hammer <laughs> hammer all right uh it hurts uh, yeah you got a good point there i don't know yeah. why she would come back i assume that she would be you know probably snarky i guess that's it's a pretty common. She didn't come across as snarky to me, though. She didn't, but it's it's a pretty common thing to have sort of like a, a sort of fly by your seat kind of mentality as an engineer. Seems to be the case. I, I mean, Jordy wasn't that way. He was just really smart. Like the thing about Jordy was, you knew like he was going to figure it out. That's true. And I would be okay with her being like that, as opposed to trying to be something she's not yeah yeah uh that when, when he was with uh montgomery scott no you're doing it all wrong laddie you, got, <laughs> you don't tell him exactly how long it's gonna take you give him like <laughs> that was my favorite tell him it's gonna take double the time when you get it done sooner you're the hero he goes why would i do that <laughs> <laughs> that was so great uh, that's one of my favorite favorite scenes so good all right number 11 and this is this a, is a must this is a must how will Liam Shaw be resurrected? I like how they're not saying, will he be resurrected? What can we do with that? They're just right. saying how. 
because everyone like, is on the same page it. here. Like, you can't do a Star Trek Legacy show if you don't bring back this character in some form or, or fashion. I mean, everybody wants him. You know, Terry, the cast, the crew, the studio. I mean, everybody knows, like, this guy's got to come back somehow. Right. Uh, if they do it, we actually have a video coming out if I ever give it to Brian, if I ever finish writing it and give it to him. Shane's been writing this. Guys, Shane's been writing this video for almost two weeks. He is so... He is so he is so dedicated to bringing you yeah. guys the best content. I how many drafts are you on now? 8 drafts? That's not exactly true. Yeah. It's I've been a little 9 drafts. Track. How many drafts? I, I would never I would never write that many drafts. All I'm saying so, is we're making many? a video about how the many ways <laughs> you can bring back Captain Shaw. It's going to be called uh what's it called again? No, no, we're not sharing that yet. Oh, okay. I will share it in the member section. Yeah, we'll share it in the member section okay. because, and the reason why is because uh, it's still a secret. Okay, we'll, we'll share it in the member section, but it's a really cool title. I love it. It's a, a really cool title. It's yeah. like the best video title we've ever had. Yeah, it really is. Um, but so, yeah, how can they bring him back? Well, you know how I want to see it. I want to see him e uh, emergency emergency engineer hologram, which engineer means you hologram. couldn't have uh, Mika Burton as the chief engineer then. You could. You could just have him not be the chief engineer. Oh, I guess you could. Yeah. But yeah, you see, you what everyone wants to see, though, is the chief engineer die and the then the EEH have to take over, like in Voyager. Oh, yeah. So you don't want her to be the... See, the yeah. Yeah. You don't want or, to be Mika just bring him back. Because the dichot... Yes. Yeah, so, so what we want to see is him having Shaw's memories, right? Right. We want that. So that way he can be like, I used to be the captain of this ship. Right. And now I'm the engineer. You know what I mean? So we want to have that sarcastic... He puts Tone. he puts his hand through something. He's like, oh damn it! <laughs> it's I can already picture it, and I love it. And I, I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, I mean, but you can also. I mean, there's other ways to bring him back, mind you. And I'm gonna be really clear. Pe people saying the Borg nanoprobes, that's not a bad idea, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. If you don't see a character die, literally die on screen, then are they dead? Are they really dead? And what was the last scene? We saw last scene was him was was this scene actually was seven with her Borg nanites in her Borg hand holding Captain Shaw, and she was going to stay on the ship. Why? To stay with Shaw. Shaw but, wasn't dead yet then. Yeah, but the end scene where he reads her thing, he's dead. That's what we are supposed to know at that moment. I mean, I guess they could, you know what, they, if they shipped him off to Daystrom Station and figured something out, then okay. What if Anyways, she injected explore... Borg? Go ahead. What if she injected nanoprobes into him? He's now in a coma, mm -hmm. and they shipped him to Daystrom Station. Okay. I'll accept that. Because, I mean, I mean, let's, let's, they didn't show him dying. They didn't Did show him dying. And, and he died. And, and Seven and Robbie stayed behind to stay with Shaw on the ship. But he died, like but, literally. But like they she, didn't she, show she, it. She, he said, "You're the captain." No. But they you didn't know, so. show him dying. No, they didn't show him dying. I thought they did. No, it's not a definitive death. I'm sorry, it's not. Okay. It's not. Brian's head cannon is taking over here. I think. By the but way, I like how this article says, "Will he be an emergency hologram?" Like we literally said this first. It's definitely our idea. I'm sorry. And it's 100 our idea. We 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 said this ten weeks ago. <clears throat> 
Hey, listen. in our heads and two people who we could safely say it to in December, we were saying he needs to come back right. as a holiday. Screen Rant, if you're watching, that's cool, man. Just like give us a credit, yeah, bro. Give us some credit here. The guys over the podcast came up with this idea. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number 12. So um, I'm I'm willing to go Check. with a will they, won't they? Yeah. But here's the thing. Never here's let the them thing. actually connect. Here's the thing. Yeah. You got to be careful with relationships in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. because professionalism needs to come first always. Now, obviously, you know, there's been lots of relationships. Riker and Deanna had a relationship. Um, you know, Worf and Deanna had a relationship, Picard and Crusher. So you can have it, but there ne- it needs to be, they, they can't spend a whole lot of time on it. It needs to be treated like it was treated in TNG, where you got like a moment where you've got a thing, like an episode, you know, a scene, but it can't, take over the whole ship like it can't take over whole episodes where it's like oh we got to deal with jack and sydney's you know relationship problems for this whole episode as long as they don't go too far with it then i'm cool with it yeah i think you're right um it's okay if it's a will they won't they if it's a a picard beverly if it's a jack o'neill uh 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 amanda tapping what's her name you know the character in the show Oh, here we oh, that's, can't, that's rough. It's your can't believe I'm, just, I'm forgetting her name right now. <laughs> Samantha. Samantha. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Samantha Carter, Neil O'Neill. Like you're going to do mm. this thing where you play around it. You could tell they're into each other, whatever, but you, you never actually connect them. The second you connect them, what, what, what is the common TV trope, Shane? Uh, yeah. So seven seasons in a wedding, seven seasons in a wedding that when that happens, that means the writers have literally ran out of things to do and they're just giving up and giving the audience what they, what they think they want. And that right. almost always spells the end of a series. So if you do that, that's cool, but do it in star, uh, star Trek legacy season seven, please. Fair enough. Number 13. No, no. Let, no. me, uh, let me let me clarify that. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. Regardless of whether or not you feel like it's, it, it is okay or not okay that they're in a relationship is, is really a moot point. Okay. At the end of Picard season one, you see them holding hands at the very final episode, final scene, you see them holding hands at the end of, of, of that, of the show. Yeah. Okay. Now we didn't get any build up to that. It's totally unearned in the fact where there should have been some sort of flirtation happening, some sort of something giving us an idea that this was coming instead of having this whacked their holding hands. Suddenly it felt like it was pandering to the LGBTQ community. I really feel like it was, it was, I mean, if I'm LGBTQ, you know, maybe I'm like, oh, cool. I got another, another, another relationship here that I can associate with. And that, that makes me recognize myself. But let me ask you a question. Did it feel earned? No. Like, did anything happen in the whole season that made you believe that these guys were going to be together? Let's answer a few other questions. Well, uh, seven of nine was heterosexual. Certainly through Voyager. Right. I mean, I guess right. that can change, but talk about drastic it, change. Maybe it maybe it can change. Maybe she was hiding her real true emotions the whole time, but there was no character development to get us there. And then you put us into season two, where now all of a sudden they're full fledged. And, and the way the story came about was just so silly. I mean, you know, the fact that they're at like a party and everybody's drunk and they're like pretending to be like lipstick lesbians 
And then somebody's like, oh my God, we're going to write this into the show. I mean, it's just so weak. Clarify, Shane, because that's exactly what happened. No, that is what, yeah, that's what happened. So they were, that's how the, they so got wrote into the story. It's the definition like, of not earned. It's literally was like, right. like, let's just throw this in because it's fun. Well, it's okay. So they were at a party and they were having fun and, and the writers all said, oh my God, this would be so great for the show. Uh, you know, listen, a whole lot of LGBTQ people in that, you know, creating these, these products. So I get it. You know, they're letting their hair down. They're doing their thing. The problem was they didn't stop for a second and go, well, wait a second. Does this make any sense? Like they're just, this is a process of just checking boxes. That's what they were doing. They were like, hey, let's, let's get our lesbian couple in here. And it's the worst kind. Right? It was like haphazardly checking boxes. It wasn't even but here's the, the other story. problem. Rafi was married with, with a kid. Now, let me ask you yeah. LGBTQ people out there. I know a whole lot of LGBTQ people. I got, I got members in my family. Okay. And I'll tell you right now, is it routine for a lesbian or gay people to have heterosexual relationships um, now maybe in the seventies and eighties when you couldn't have a gay relationship, open gay relationship. So in the future, would they have had all these heterosexual relationships and then eventually decided they were, they were gay. Right. Yeah. Not, no, not, not for a couple of years for like 30 years for their entire lives. <laughs> yeah. right. right. And then all of a sudden have this happen. So let me ask you a question. Is that realistic? So if you're sitting down as a writer, no, you, so this means you're checking a box. Okay. If there had been some sort of build up to this then maybe it would be believable maybe there would be a reason a story but there wasn't it wasn't so what terry and his crew did is they said look you know we're just going to move on with the story we're going to be professional they addressed the relationship wharf had some funny quips about it and then it was over okay when we got to the final thing here rafi and seven are working together but there's no holding hands there's no wink and a nod there's no lingering hugs and kisses it's first officer and captain on the bridge. Yeah. Okay. And if you're, in, if you're part of the LGBTQ community and you're upset about this, just go back to what we said before. Was it earned? Right. Do you need that check in the box so badly that it can be poorly written and you're okay with it? And then let me ask you this. If you're a true Star Trek fan, I don't believe that's what you want, no matter what your sexuality is. Yeah. Because you want a good story and something that's, you know, something that was earned. Right. right. Of course. So. Yeah. That's really well said, Shane. Thanks, um, listen, and Rafi's character I didn't like in seasons one and two, but I'm on record saying I did I hated this character in the first two seasons. I liked the character a lot in season three. I believe that it wasn't um uh Heard Heard's fault. What's her name? Something Heard. Michelle Heard. Michelle Heard. Wasn't Michelle Heard's fault for the character, it was the writing. She's actually a pretty damn good actress. And when she got good writing and <clears throat> when she got better writing in season three, she brought it home. And I, I think it was great. The character was good. Now, I don't, th because of that lingering problematic theme, story-wise, not in any other way, I do, I, I almost wish she wasn't on the bridge. I don't, I like the character now, but I know that if she is in Star, Star Trek Legacy, this is going to be like something Twitter's talking about nonstop. It's going to be something that's, it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a sticking point for everyone. Like, why aren't you addressing it? Why isn't this happening? And, and, and there's only so many of us reasonable people that are like, let's just, why are we even talking about it? 
I think it would probably be addressed. I mean, like if you did Legacy, they addressed it in Picard season three. They could address it and just be like, you know, it was a thing. It happened. And let's move on. Like that. Let's address it that way. Like, you know, let's say you have uh, Seven and Rafi at the beginning of Star Trek Legacy, whatever we end up doing, where she's in the ready room and they're both in the ready room. They kind of look at each other and said, uh, you know, listen, I'll always love you, but we got a job to do here. And Starfleet has to come first. Like if they dealt with it like that and then they just kind of moved on then I think that would be the best way to handle it. And then just never, just never address it again. And listen, if you feel like you want to have, uh, you know, I personally don't really care if there is sexuality in Star Trek. It's never been a big part of it. I wasn't like, oh my God, give me more Riker and Deanna scenes. I didn't care. I mean, I'm like, okay, quickly get this over with so we can get back to the science that's at hand. I'll be honest though, as a young man, I was like, more scenes of Riker going to Deanna's, Troy, uh, Tro- Deanna's quarters, please. <laughs> That's a different thing, though. Give that's me not as many story. scenes that's, as you can give that's me. That's horniness. That. That's that's, that's young man being horny. It's true. Not, I'm enjoying a Star Trek show. It's true. Because of the story. Hashtag green grannies. Get it. So, yeah. So, I mean, what I'm saying is, is I'm okay with we if we don't have a whole bunch of sexual tension in any Star Trek series. But if you're going to have it, then just make sure in some way it's earned. Okay. That's fair. You know, we do have a super chat here that I, I'm 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 actually waiting to the end of the end of this story to address super chats, but I have to address two this more now because it's it's just okay. too it's just Perfect. too important to this um, this story mm. from Michael Nemo. To answer your question, I'm by anything goes. Now I did have a gay friend that hooked up with a woman one time out of the blue, and it shocked us. He told me after midnight, a hole is a hole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, I can't read it, so you have to read it. That's what he said. I can't see it. After midnight, a hole is a hole. Oh, a hole is a hole. I, I didn't hear you. I couldn't, didn't understand. Oh, sorry. Hey, listen, I, I get that. Listen, I've been in many bars over my over my years where, listen, the, the two o'clock goggles come on. Now, and not as a bisexual, because I'm not bisexual. I mean, it was always a lady, but it may not have been the, the most attractive lady at the end of the night in the bar. So I get what Michael's saying there. It, you know, it could be anybody. And you know, these characters, maybe they are bisexual. The, the thing is, is we just don't have any information that tells us that. So, yeah. and, and the, honestly, sexuality is so complicated anyways that, you know, for my age, Yeah, listen, brain, I'm a little bi, but I don't like the way men look. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little bisexual, what? but I don't think what men are attractive. Mean? How can you be bisexual if you don't think men are attractive? I'm, I'm a little, just a little, just a, just a so you think they're a little attractive? I mean, parts of them, like Jason Momoa. Okay, so would I, you would and I Jason leave, would Momoa I leave my room. wife for Jason Momoa? I'm not saying I wouldn't. <laughs> You're so full of it. Like certain certain men. Yeah, there are attractive dudes. Um, that's just the I way mean, it is. What do you, what do you want? We're, I, listen, I'm going to leave that for you guys to just think about what Brian just said. I've been married for almost twenty know. years. Just to be clear, two women. You've been my brother my whole life, and I still yet to understand you completely. I so would one hundred percent hang out with Jason <laughs> Moa and watch Star Trek. Okay, that's not bisexual though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> you you might might be uncomfortable for him when he's like, "Why is this dude still looking at me?" Totally naked. But you know. Naked. You do it naked. And sitting in a baby baby pool of oil. 
just stop and move on, please. Feeding him, feeding him whipped cream. Feeding him grapes. <laughs> no, no, whipped cream is better than grapes. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm cool, man. For him or you? I don't need any more of this. I'm like, take some more, Jason. Take some more. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, yeah, moving on. We sorry, need to get sorry. you a counselor for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one. Thanks so, for the super chat, Michael. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it, man. And I thank you for your honest uh insight mm, you know yes I, I i always thought i was like if anyone watching this show <laughs> is like like on like maybe like hard left or like really lgbt they might not like us because like we're like we're honest about everything and some people in those camps are really angry about honesty sometimes so i'm glad you're here or, or our per- our perspective of honesty it's our honesty right. you know right right yeah. our truth <laughs> I hate, I, I hate that word. I, I hate, hate that, I hate I hate that so much. Because there is like the truth and not the truth. But when it comes to like opinions, it really is our opinion, my opinion, your opinion. Well, yeah. So there's truth and there's true, right? So your truth is simply a reflection, a, a reflection, or I don't like that. Yeah, or a refraction of what's actually true. That's that's a fact. I, I say opinion, not truth. That's I know my opinion, but that's how you explain that statement. When you say your oh, truth, yeah. you are simply referring to a reflection of the a- of the actual truth. Your reflection from your perspective. An opinion, it, like the words are too convoluted. Like it's very basic. Like my opinion about that fact is this. I understand. I'm trying to explain when they say my truth. That's what they're referring to. Okay, it just sounds. It's like, like they're looking at the truth from their position and their lighting, yeah. and they're seeing it in a different way. A reflection of the truth. All right. Anyways, well said. Well said. Seven of nine, learning to be captain of the Enterprise. I mean, that's the obvious storyline going yeah. forward. I feel like that's I mean, going to be a given no matter what. I mean, the reason they didn't give her the, they didn't. And I'm so glad they didn't give us the. I don't know why it's become a thing like where the captain has a line and they've really highlighted what's what's their line. It's like a branding thing that that Paramount and Star Trek has done. It started in. Actually, it started recently. I, I went back to look the, hip, the history of this of this of this uh, phenomenon, uh-huh. and Trekkies Trekkies have always been about it, but it didn't become focused on until Strange New Worlds, dude. That's when you started seeing articles about about the well, captains' oh, yeah, catchphrases okay. and all that nonsense. So you're right. So Strange New Worlds, and what's really weird is Strange New Worlds came out, and we got hit it right with Pike. And then all of a sudden, in the next season of Discovery that came out, uh, Michael Burnham needed to have her own captain's line. Right. So it was Strange New Worlds. It was Pike. It, you're right. It was a branding thing around that. Do you guys remember what what Captain Burnham's first uh, word was? So I, I'll, I'll I'll react it for you. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a word. It was just her crying. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was like, look out, Giorgio, because you're being stabbed in the back. Oh, wait, sorry. please go. <laughs> Quickly, I'm going to start a war with the Klingons because I'm really angry at Starfleet. I'm going to get hundreds of thousands of people killed because I don't like you because you offend me. Oh, my God. She's the worst. Sorry. Um, Could have done that better. You know, what's funny. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Sanuka Martin Green, but. For real, like it was a bad story, bro. First off, a Star Trek show should never focus solely on uh, the first officer, and it should never focus on the first officer who is also a traitor. And then giving <laughs> giving the and reasons unlikable. why she's a traitor aren't even honorable, like they're selfish. And then 
going for doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on her traitor's mentality is because she's selfish and thinks that she knows more than everyone else around her. Well, this is, yeah, is, is sorry, it, it's like the antithesis of what Star Trek, a Star Trek officer is. And yep, then you right. give her a ship. Yeah, this is supposed to be about seven of nine. We always sorry, sorry, seven. Right back here. I think it's obvious that she is learning to be captain. I feel like Owen from Screen Rant, bro. Are you trying to like make sure you get fifteen? Because this is an obvious thing. But well, I mean, but it is a storyline. Like that is, you know, what what is what's her captaining style going to be? I'm I I love it. Her Borg, like no nonsense sensibility in the captain's chair. I'm I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Michael Nemo, super chat. Let's cry. <laughs> what that's her it's like you have like oh in it, right you have uh you know whatever like hers is let's cry <laughs> whose is it michael burnham let's no, cry michael burnham's is let's cry oh yeah 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 let's uh let's have a moment oh, yeah whatever let's cry that's a good one so i do believe that um if 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 seven of nines like engage word whatever you want to call it Action, action word isn't execute. I'm gonna be very angry now. It's no, it's not execute. It's comply. It'll be no. It can't comply. be comply. Why? No, because no comply. The, the comply doesn't work. Execute is literally executing a command. It's the it's okay. the computer version of starting a program. Like you've written out the plan. Now you need to execute that program and run it. It's it's the, how about it's, this? It's perfect. Uh, the you know the the Vulcan system, comply. Comply, it's, it, comply doesn't work though. It's like, like, uh, it's like, listen to me. It's not the okay. same as execute. Comply know. means do it. Listen, all, all I need, I, I need it to be execute. You, execute you, also means do it. You want? Did she ever use the word execute? I don't know. I don't know. But in computer language, executing a program or a command is literally running the thing. It, it would be like. But she, is she a computer? I mean, like, I just don't understand. Like, okay execute i'm gonna now i might spend I way like too much it. time trying to find out every time she said the word execute to make you a compilation now i just don't lie i mean it does it's not rolling off my tongue good i right, want that, something else i want right. something more 70 i don't comply sounds it's it's too you will comply uh, it sounds too much like there's no emotion in it it's very hard mm, okay. and number 15 and i'm gonna say Last and certainly not least, because this is the one thing I care about. This has to be addressed. Yes. Q clearly has to be involved in some way with Jack. You need to continue the trial of humanity. The trial yeah. never ends. We started this, we started this back in season episode one, season one of TNG. There's no possible reason why it shouldn't be still going on. This is part of the the game. Well, and they gave it to us. And they, it's canon, so right. they have to. It has to be addressed. And I don't know how much how much longer John Delancey can keep doing Q. I, he could probably keep doing it for a long time. He's in good health. He's in good shape. Um, he's he has domination of the character. We, he's believable even in this. You know, in Picard season two, um, you know, he would be just fine for another probably five or ten years. Yeah, easily. Yeah, and and if and if you really need to continue the queue after that, there's a I can tell you a million ways you can do that. So you, and and you just you make it queue son. You hire a new actor, and we've got continuation of canon from Voyager. Hey, go get the exact actor from Voyager. Get that guy. No, 
Not necessarily. No, he, he was a kid. Yeah, but if he, he's a good actor, don't. If, if, don't he's, just a, if go he's a good, him. if he's a good actor, right, he would be about the right age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like forty-eight years old. Be perfect. He's got to be good. He's got to yeah, have. Yeah, he's right. got to have the panache. You're of right, John Delancey. You're right. You're not wrong. All right. Well, and that is the fifteen legacy. Uh, you know, Star Trek legacy stories that have already been set up. And out of those 15, only five of them, I believe, are are reasonable. But you tell me what you think. Mm, yeah. All right. Um, We'd love to hear what you guys think and which ones you liked. Uh, let's do a couple of super chats. We got uh, Eddie from Outer Space. My, my Trek tre- journey. Yeah, you read it. Uh, Eddie from Outer Space for five euro. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, appreciate the support. My Trek journey started with Star Trek 09 when I was 13 years old. I enjoyed it at that time and tried the old series and fell in love. And I hate Star Trek 09 now. <laughs> but I'm 28, by the way. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know why? Uh, you know what? I got Star Trek. Yeah. Go, no, ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. That was that was a mistake. But I tell you this. You got to give it to 09, though. It got you in the door. Like, right. And you got to give it to Eddie because it's hard to go 09 and then go back and watch the old stuff right. and love it. Right. You know, so the the cool thing about 09 and let me I, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I have no problem throwing 09 in uh, when I'm just randomly sitting around because I enjoyed 09. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because Chris Pine embodied Kirk's spirit to me and uh, Zachary Quinto uh, Keto uh, embodied Spock for me and, you know, and um, Bones by Carl Urban. Those characters felt like the original characters, an alternate version of them. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's also but outside for, of my Trek. It's like bonus Trek. They reset me. it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, I know it's, it doesn't affect anything and I can just kind of sit and enjoy it. Right. But um, but it is interesting that it, it took you back to watch the old Star Trek and then you fell in love with what really I mean, what 09 is inspired by is what now what you love. And now you right. understand why it works, even though J.J. Abrams wasn't a Star Trek fan. J.J. Abrams, the, the, the literal second they offered him Star Wars, Weird. he bailed on Paramount. He, he broke a contract to leave and not finish the Star Trek trilogy. And he tried to pawn it off on, on his production company instead. <laughs> it's such a, he's such a dick. It's crazy. Well, yeah. All right. Um, he, likes, he was a Star Wars fan, so I get it. Yeah, I get it. He, I mean, how do you turn down Star Wars? You know, like, like if you're any director and like, they're going to say, okay, listen, we're going to make Star Wars for the first time, not made by George Lucas. And we're going to offer it to you, J.J. Abrams, who, by the way, was like Kathleen Kennedy was like a super, super fan of right. JJ Abrams. Like she found him when he was a kid and cultivated him. Of course she was going to offer that to him. So ah, it's just I mean, see uh, what I would have done is I would have wanted my cake and I want to eat it too. I would have said, okay, Paramount got to delay this movie about a year. I got an opportunity to do Star Wars. I'm going to go do it. You can continue on with someone else. Or, but I would like to finish what I started, delay it a year. I mean, I think Paramount would rather 
continue with the with the superstar that's now about to make Star Wars. It would only make their brand look even better when Star Wars comes out and it says J.J. Abrams, you know, uh, Star Trek trilogy. I mean, come on. It's in J.J.'s DNA. He, like he doesn't finish things. So he was probably happy not to finish Star Trek, just like he was happy not to finish Star Wars. That's he got true. forced to come back to do the third movie after the second movie was completely ridiculous. So, you know, he didn't want to come back and do it. You guys are slowly chipping away at Kyle's lead here, guys. You've you've taken it down by by it looks like about half almost half yeah so you guys are chipping chipping it away yeah oh yeah oh yeah Good half job. pretty much okay um all right let's uh next super chat here from foxhound for 499 does jack still have the jason Bourne john wick ability if so away team leaders make sense i don't think he does mm. actually does he well you know did they say that Oh no, his fighting ability point. wasn't tied to his his genetic. It was. Was it? Yeah, when his eyes turned red, he would like turn into Jason Bourne. So it obviously had something to do with the Borg element inside of him. The question is, oh. is did they remove the Borg DNA from him? I'm assuming they did because they removed it from everybody else. Oh, but yeah, but so everyone else was built in with the transporters. His he was born that way. That's true. Maybe they can't remove it. That would see that would be a really interesting thing to explore. Like, what if there's latent parts of that in him where he's like ultra perceptive or something because of it? They almost have to keep that as a part of him. I think moving forward, it's a part of his character. And yeah. unless they showed us a way that they could remove it, you're right. It's it's the way he was born. So uh, yeah, right. Plus, why would, would you want it? Why would you not want that that as a as something in your writer's toolbox to play with? It seemed like it was almost uncontrollable, though. Like he didn't always have complete control of it, did he? So maybe he needs to learn how to like uh, control it, adjust yeah. it, and control it. Like this could be like the first real, you know, uh, minor, almost superhero in right in Star, in Trek. Star Trek, where it's not like a gimmick, you know, and it's yeah, not OP. It's already explained. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, real quick with this, um, thank you so much, Foxhound, for the support. Appreciate it. Um, our poll over here that we did an hour ago had 115 votes and best of both worlds. One and two is, was voted as the best episode for Ed to study in coming into Picard season three, which I agree. It's our locutus ones. It's it ties mostly into the story. And I think you guys chose well. Awesome. Awesome. I, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, I, it's, it's so hard for me to get, to get past inner light. I love Best of Both Worlds. I also liked, I actually liked Ivorg. Um, it looks like most of you guys didn't. Um, it just didn't have as much to do with, I, the question The question was, is how does it, you know, what does he need right. to study for Picard? Tapestry that was, I, see, I didn't like Tapestry. But Inner Life for me was one of those, it, for me it showed all of Picard's like emotional development in one episode, almost. It's mm, fair. So, um, but yeah, but you know what? He, his, I guess best of both worlds one and two uh, makes sense too. You also have more content to study there, so that's a better answer. Oh man, Game Biter, super chat from Game Biter, two dollars. Hold on, let me He's find it. it before you go in there. Okay, this this person has solved the problem for us. We had our the weekly legacy was done, and right. now this person has figured out has figured out Seven's word. This hey, is the right word here. You're 100 percent right. Game Biter, what's that? He's, he's Game right. Biter for two dollars. 
for for nine's catchphrase how about proceed that's it that's yeah. it yeah she used to say proceed yeah i want to see proceed execute and comply but i think proceed can be the number one thing comply does sound too much like like you have to make it so engaged like i'm mad at you you need to do it right so what if you had like proceed and and execute as the make it so and engage I guess, yeah, I could go with that. But I like proceed better than execute. And whatever the proceed was, the standard execute was like the passionate one. Engage! Execute sounds, I mean, I don't know. Execute, maybe. I like proceed a lot better. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Good job, game Good, good choice. Okay, uh, next super chat here. Before We're going to go into another story here, but I want to get, I want to talk to you, uh, address your super chats. Um, August, one, two, three for five dollars. Thank you, August. August says CBS's money troubles instantly end if they give us Terry led Captain Riker series on a galaxy class ship. Why throw away money on season on section 31 Academy that right there, my friend is the $35 million question because 35 million, because according to them, Picard was a very good reason or at least one of the reasons why they gained almost $40 million a month in revenue from, from Paramount plus that wasn't me. That's what, that's what Paramount said. It was Picard, uh, Tulsa King and some Yellowstone thing. Right? So if out of, if you, if Picard season three is one of a handful of, of shows that, Got you an extra thirty to forty million dollars a month, million in subscriber fees. You're hundred percent right. Why would you? Why would you even consider gambling on anything else? Why? You need money. You got money. Picard season three made over ten times. In one month, with the with the season cost, why wouldn't you? Why would you gamble? And and this is this is a testament to mismanagement. And I'll tell you this: <clears throat> I don't want to continue beating this already dead and buried horse. But some studios have an almost psychotic level of mismanagement. MGM. For instance, own Stargate. We've talked about this before. They have mismanaged that studio into a zombie state and then and then eventually sold to Amazon. They can never get their properties off the ground. All they can ever do was lease them out. Any property that they were actually a part of creatively would fail. The only IPs they owned that did well were IPs that they literally leased out wholesale and had nothing to do with their name was only on it because they were the original owners burned to the ground cbs and paramount they 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 are making very similar decisions they are greenlighting i want to say passing projects projects that individual executives that are really overpaid that are highly overpaid think are gonna set them up for their next their next career they're not concerning themselves with Paramount. They're concerning themselves with them, with with their career. 
Alex Kurtzman, I believe, does not want to look bad. He's already set up this whole thing. He got Michelle Yeoh. He wants to do Section 31. He would rather do Section 31 for, to, to make himself look better and lose money than do what the fans clearly want that clearly made the, the studio already $40 million in a month. I mean, that's that's the only answer. It's got to be mismanagement. And to a point where it's almost negligent mismanagement because they're so selfish they're so concerned with their own career not the studio they work for their career mgm had the same problem disney disney is parts of see disney is so broken up in different studios it's really hard to say all of disney but this is a common problem in the industry for a long time and i i first witnessed it watching mgm flail into their fifth bankruptcy before being sold to amazon well, the question is, is, and I, I think you're right along the lines here. Like, what Star Trek, what, what legacy Star Trek fan or old time Star Trek fan doesn't want to see Captain Riker or you know, you know, Will Riker continue his story? So that's that's a good point. Um, it seems like a sure bet. I mean, Star Trek Legacy right now seems like a sure bet. Like continuing the story that we're on, I think everybody would like to watch that. I mean, that's a sure bet. So why? Would they do Section 31? Why would they do Starfleet Academy? It's because they're trying to lay the foundation for a new generation. They have this, they they recognize, and there's a whole, you know, section of studios. There's a whole office where they're saying, what's next? What's the future? Like, let's admit it. We're old. So we will be around hopefully for the next 30 years or so, right? <laughs> Hopefully we've got some decades left in us. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but we're going to start dying off. And there's a whole office in each of these studios that is focused on the next generation coming up. And they desperately want to cultivate this younger audience and make new Star Trek fans. Desperately. You look at Prodigy, aimed at kids. Discovery, aimed at the younger generation. Um, do you really think that Lower Decks was aimed at us? It wasn't. It was aimed at younger generations. Well, I mean, but yeah, you know, but not not real young. It was aimed at the Rick and Morty crowd for sure, which is young. Yeah. Well, I mean, twenty. I mean, I mean, I just because you like it and you're old doesn't mean it's aimed I'm at four, you. Rick I'm and four, Morty. Four, is, by the way, I'm forty. I'm not that old. A lot of people my age. Well, like compared to what I'm talking about, right. you're old compared to the what I'm. You're not the target market. That's true. You know, you're not, and and the target market is young people. So. The longer they continue to ride the old per person bus, <laughs> the retirement home bus, which is the rest of us. Now, frankly speaking, I've said it multiple times. All the money's coming from us. All these young people watching these shows. Do you guys have Are your kids paying for their own subscriptions or no. are you guys paying for their subscriptions? I'm paying for it, damn it. We're paying for our kids' subscriptions. Still, I have adult children. They're still, you know, hijacking my subscriptions. Why? Because... Why not? Right. Bro, I have younger siblings twice. that use my Paramount Plus. Right. So the point is, is, you know, they're trying very hard to keep to maintain their their discovery um, fan base. They could just be all in with us. I don't see why they just don't do both. You know, why not ride us off into the sunset and, and line their line their pockets full of money and continue to build up with other shows? The, and that's what they should do. So let them do Section 31. Let them throw their money away on that stuff as long as they do a Star Trek Legacy show. Now, what's interesting is I really hadn't planned to... Are we there yet to go into this? Yeah, so there, there's some really interesting news about all this. 
So Paramount Plus is is in such trouble financially. Okay, so uh, not only did they just two days ago, they announced 25% cuts from all of their staff from TV networks. Oh my God. So 25% of TV network staff cuts done two days ago. Yesterday, they cut off Jen Tart- uh, Jenny Tartikoff, who was the Paramount EVP uh, vice president for global communications. Oh my God. Okay. She's gone, right? They're cutting the fat. So she's basically a public affairs person. They're cutting the fat all over the place because they've extended themselves. They've spent too much money, but they're not going to stop. I mean, Paramount plus is not going to stop. So what they need to do, and they're probably going to find out during this writer strike pretty quickly. They're probably going to find out that shoot, we may not be able to do Starfleet Academy right away. They got to figure out a way to maintain that younger audience base. They got to do the section 31 thing while they got Michelle Yeoh. They, they, they want to get that done. Mm-hmm. So, but you can, you can see Starfleet Academy getting pushed further. I could see it not coming out in 2024. I could see like maybe needing another year. They could use the writer strike as an excuse while they do this Janeway seven of nine limited legacy series and then go, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can do this series, you know? And so you could, I could see all that being, being um, done in the name of, Oh, you know, we've realigned. So it could happen. So what you're saying is that so they want to, they're thinking, you know, in 15 years when um, the, the mooching, our moocher kids are actually paying for their own crap. We need them to like us. So the real, the only way to address the future and the now is to create a product for us as their flagship and then continue to surround that flag flagship with these other younger products. Right? Yeah, basically. So check this out real quick. Um, I found this on Twitter. This was, I tweeted this. I tweeted this out. I retweeted Trek movie. But what I said was the mention of Picard as one of the reasons why Paramount is pocketing an additional 30 to $50 million per month cannot be ignored. Let's repeat this success with Star Trek Legacy. Why? Because in the Q1 uh, call, the, the shareholders call, this was what, this is what they, this is what Paramount said. Paramount reached 60 million total subscribers with an addition of 4.1 million subscribers in the quarter. Global subscriber growth was driven by a strong content slate, including top originals like 1923, which is Yellowstone, Tulsa King, which is also part of Yellowstone, coincidentally, and the returns what? of... Oh, you know that? Tulsa King's in the same universe as, as Yellowstone. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's made by the same people. He's at, he's actually said that he plans to connect the two soon. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> and the returns of Mayor of Kingstown and Star Trek Picard. So you add that up, right? Depending on the model, uh, you know, the account, the type of account chosen, this would account for an additional 30 to $50 million per month, right? Depending on what, okay. whether you chose ads or not ads or annual or whatever. I, I did the math. So if we know that Picard season three's budget or we're, we are, we think we know that Picard season three budget was probably around a million per episode. Uh, let's say the let's say the, the the entire show cost fifteen million dollars, right? Uh, all right. So in one month, they've already assisted in bringing back at least double their budget. Yeah, 
but you, you it is it is a rare thing remember the, around the marketing it was bringing back the tng crew after 30 years i mean there are elements to picard season three being popular that are not just that can't be necessarily reinvented tomorrow well yeah we we so, really helped that out by the way yeah we did i'm not too but, but, but we did we did we did we did help get that get that ball rolling you know but the thing is is like we're not going to keep doing that. So whatever Star Trek legacy is moving forward. And here's the cool thing is Terry Metalis can do it. Like he can literally keep making Star Trek really good. That's why they need to keep going, keep doing it. So, I mean, would they be able to reach the highs of Picard season three? There would probably be a bit of a drop off. I don't think it would be quite as big as what we got saying goodbye to these right. legends, but it still would be good Star Trek moving forward and would still probably make them good money. Right. I agree. Okay. Um, Okay, so on that same topic, before we get to the next Super Chat, we do want to address the Star Trek Picard Season 3, I'm sorry, Star Trek Strange New World Season 3 production delay, because it's in the same vein, right? Yeah, I mean, all you really need to know for that is because of the writer's strike, Star Trek uh, Strange New World Season 3 is being delayed, the production, um, and, you know, pretty much they, they just can't do anything. If you don't have scripts completed, like, you can't really produce anything because you have to do rewrites while you're creating the the episodes and you can't do rewrites if you don't have writers so that's why production is being pushed so yeah. isn't it wild that strange new worlds is like <clears throat> season two hasn't come out they're already sh shooting season three like and we're over here signing petitions to try to get star trek legacy well they had already been greenlit for season three so season two, season three was greenlit way before Picard season three happened. I know. I, I get it, but I get it. But Strange New Worlds is the new, is the new, uh, you know, main show, whatever you call it. The new flagship hmm. for Star Trek is Strange New Worlds. I guess. So they're going to keep running that one. That one's going to go probably as long as it doesn't completely implode. It'll go five seasons as well, probably. Yeah, apparently season three was has been on the books for months since last year. And the filming dates uh, were for May 2nd to September 22nd, according to this. And what what happened, writers strike. Yeah, so the, they don't have the scripts they need to actually start. And they don't they don't even have enough to start filming anything, not even pickups or anything. Like that means have, have they not started writing? Or are the writers just uh not sending what they worked on. <laughs> no, they did, but it's not completed. So if you don't have a completed script, you're even if the if the script isn't completed, you'll have rewrites. So the thing that they did with season two is season two was pretty much done, and they had approved any of the scripts, so they they could finish producing season two even during the writer strike. But for season three, there's just not enough on paper uh, yet for them. And so if they started production it would end up costing them more money to start production and then stop. It's just not worth it. They just need to wait until this, they can have their writers back. Something's off though. The writer's strike started on May 2nd of this year. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm, I'm confused. Well, and the filming the dates scheduled on the books <clears throat> were to start May 2nd of this year. Right. Well, they, I mean, we knew weeks before that the writer's strike was coming. So, so that may have been what they were planning, but you know, if you if you know the writer strike's going to happen, you're obviously not going to be able to go through with it. I just find it weird that like you're you're planning on filming 
okay, let's say I'm going to film tomorrow. And like, I, I, if you're going to start filming on May 2nd and the writers are, we're supposed to be working up, you know, they're working up till May 2nd. I don't, let me tell you again, rewrites. So when you, when you go to film an episode, you have a script. Okay. They start filming the script, and, but during the entire filming of the episode, they're rewriting the script. They're making changes on the fly. Mm. They can't make those changes on the fly without the writers, so they can't do the episode. Right. All right. Actually, it's illegal. It's actually illegal for them to try to do it. It's fascinating. Yeah, because they can't pay those writers that did work on the script, so it's it, it can't be produced. It's The writers have completely stopped production. On anything that doesn't have completed scripts already. Yeah, so like initials, an initial script is not the actual script you're going to probably shoot anyways. Yeah, you're doing pickups the whole way. You're doing you're doing rewrites. You're doing. I mean, they're out there doing one scene for this episode, and you got the writers team back there making changes. You know, for the end of the episode and for the next episode. Yeah, you know, so they're doing. Even if there were no changes, just the idea of their that the fact that there could be changes means they can't start filming. There will be changes. There are never not changes. No script goes in completely great, perfect. Go shoot it. That's true. It yeah, that I'm way. saying that e- even if it was perfect, the idea they can't even legally start filming because they might have some, and they would be completely shit out of luck on filming well, assets. They and- can, they can in advance, like say, boom, this script is finalized. There will be no changes, and that's what they probably did for the last couple episodes of season two, so they could finish it, even mm-hmm. if there was a writer strike. So it's already probably been negotiated. It's probably been paid for. A lot of it is what they've been paid for. So if the writers already been paid for all of of Strange New World Season 2 and the money's off the books, now they can do whatever they want with that. But Season 3, they're not completely paid for their work. So they would not be able to approve those scripts and move forward. Yeah, you know, and we'll wrap this this story up, but it's interesting that uh, Anson Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and even Alex Kurtzman are now like scheduled to appear at a bunch of like uh, conventions and festivals now. <laughs> Got to make that money during production. You can't go do those things. Yeah. So when production's off, you got to go make that money. And that's, I, I got to tell you, these guys are making thousands of dollars. I mean, just think about it. If every autograph and Anson Mount's hot, hot stuff, his yep. autographs are probably like 70 bucks, 80 bucks. Oh yeah. yeah. So when we went to at that first season, when we were at uh, the Vegas one, STLV, they were seventy bucks an autograph, and he had a line going, going out the door, out the hotel. It was huge. It well, was think insane. about it. I mean, ten people's seven hundred bucks, right? Hundred people, seven thousand bucks. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they probably paid them just an appearance fee to be there too. If you think about it, probably yeah. a lot yeah. of them do, yeah. but some of them also make money off the signature. So fascinating. Okay, well, we're moving on from this topic. Let's hit up a few more of these. We got some more questions here that I think are good. Yep. Working on out. Jessica Tennis. Which one of Cisco's kids? There are two. Mm. I'm referring to Jake so, Cisco. So, yeah. So, yeah. Obviously referring to Jake. Jake's the only one that was, that was actually, um, that we learned a lot about. If in the, if you go back to, uh, you know, Cassidy Yates, was pregnant with Benjamin Cisco's second child in 2375. Um, it's funny because if you go back to the writers, they were actually going to name that child Joseph Yates Cisco. But of course, the 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 child never happened. And I'm assuming that's the other one you're talking about. Um, yeah. Interesting. 
Well, thank you, Jessica, for your super chat. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much, Jessica. I have not seen you here before, so thank you for being here. Or maybe I just forgot. I don't know. But thank you for being here. Okay. Um, next one here. Sorry. Michael Nemo. Twist. Shaw dies every episode. <laughs> that would just like kill us every time. Like, oh, huh. no, kill him. That, like a, like a, that yeah. would actually be pretty funny. South Park King thing. Yeah. They killed Shaw. Yeah. What, what if the nano, bastards? So, like, what if she injected him with nano? Uh, by, dude, think about this. Wouldn't it be uh, a fitting thing for the guy who hates the Borg to be saved by Borg tech, right? Mm-hmm. So, you get, what if the nano uh, probes are like actively repairing him? So every time he dies, he wakes up. <gasps> God damn it. <laughs> That's, that would be really crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. You guys are doing really good. You've gotten Kyle down to 10,000 points. Oh, I so mean, dude, I think, I, I think, I think some, I thought he had less than that. But You just cut me off. Can you hold on a second? Go ahead. So you've got him down to, actually, it's, a, does that say 100,000? It's 10,000. 10,000. Feels like there's too many zeros. Yeah. So that essentially is, I think about what is that? Hundred dollars? Yeah, about hundred bucks. Yeah, right. Is that about hundred bucks? Yep. It's going to take about a hundred bucks to knock Kyle off at this point. So just heads up on that. You guys are doing a great job. Christopher Mays. Christopher Mays. They don't need to bring Shaw back because Shaw didn't die. That's oh. what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> All right, Christopher, you're on. You and Brian are definitely on the same train here. That's and- exactly what I said. If if they don't if he didn't die, all the better for all of us. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Thank you for the support, brother. Thank you much, Chris. Another Michael Nemo Spock Chapel to Pring hijack almost every strange new world. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Brian doesn't mind. Anytime. Literally any time to pring is on the screen, <clears throat> I'm okay with it. My, He's looking for that to bring sandwich. You guys, every, every time. I don't know what the, this, that 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 character, that actress, whatever, checks every box for me. Like that, <laughs> like like literally every box. It is well, and not it's only that, baffling. You, it, it looks like it looks like someone I would create in AI. I don't. It doesn't even look. It's like, like not even a real person. person. It's like a perfect person. Yeah, and he already thinks that Spock's super sexy, and he also thinks that Nurse Chapel's yeah, super sexy. They're all so he's like, shows. like with with all those like he's making a sandwich, Michael. Yeah, like he's making a sandwich. Yeah, every episode I start off, and he's off in the corner by alone. making that sandwich in my head to completion, and then finishing the episode. Right. Another one from Michael Nemo. <laughs> Kurtz. Trek only panders to the LGBTQ community. No, I think they also pander to a couple other communities too, but they tend to pander a lot to the checkboxing. That's the problem is they pander. Like right. don't pander at all. Like yeah. literally just, you know, the, the whole IDIC thing has just been hijacked. You know, we go back to it all the time. Like when I don't understand why people have created their own narratives. If you go back to what Roddenberry was trying to create, that was his vision of the future. He wasn't pandering to anybody. He just simply said, the future has mul- all the races are working together. All people will have peace. And that's what I want to show on my TV show. So the thing is, is like I've said before, you never saw, like they didn't talk about 
<clears throat> the fact that Sulu was Asian or that Uhura was black. It never even came up. It didn't it wasn't matter. A topic. They weren't talking about the history and the plight of those people. So why are they doing it now? Just simply show those people. Okay. That's what they need to do. It's difficult with, with, with LGBTQ stuff because it, with race, it's one thing. Like you see them on screen, boom. Like you can see that's an Asian person. That's a black person. That's a white person. This person's mixed race. Like you can see what people are when you see them. But when it comes to gender, there is no way to see it. So, and this is where you come into a big problem with Star Trek. The only way to show gender is to tell a story, right? So you have to create a narrative to show somebody's gender on screen. That impacts the story. And that's why we have a problem right. because now gender or sexual identity has hijacked the story because the only way to show that those people exist is by doing that. If you go back to Picard season three, uh, Ensign Esmar is a trans person. That actor and the character apparently is, I guess, considered trans. Right. But because they don't wrap a story around it or she, she doesn't actually verbally tell us that, there's no way to know. And that's where it becomes dangerous. Like, not dangerous, but it's where it becomes difficult. How do you show representation of all of these different things? It used to just be about what people look like. Now it has to be about how people feel. And there's, and that's, and that's the problem. And it's why we're always going to have difficulty with this as long as we have to focus on that as opposed to tell a story. So that's true. No, you're not, you're hundred percent correct. Um, we, you, we got to start focusing solely on the story. And if you want to weave in a social narrative, go to town as long as it's part of said story and not a part of uh, pleasing, get, you know, getting your bit, your better ESG score or whatever. Right, man. I can't believe that information even came out. What a, what a wild thing about the ESG thing. That just, that just fueled YouTube for like six months. You'll have to explain to people who don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there's like this, this score, this like progressive score called an ESG score. And it basically says, uh, your company, it's like a credit score, but for companies, mm-hmm. it's like a credit score for companies on how, I, for lack of a better word, woke they are or how progressive they are, whatever. And the parameters are really about, really all wildly about checking all these boxes. The more you pander to that ideology, the better your score is. And this is why it's important to have a better score. The people that run the score are a part of the big giant banks and the... Um, uh, the people that control capital and loans and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. You want the best loans and the best investments. You better make sure your ESG score is high because if ES, if ESG ESG score is low, then you can't you can't even talk to these people that have the money you need to fund your next movie or whatever. That's interesting. It's wild. It's a wild thing. That sucks. It's it, a terrible it, thing. When I first read about it, I was like, "This has to be a conspiracy theory, right? It's not real. No, nope, real." Well, it's, that's what's wrong with the world. When you feel like you got to put rules in place, that's that's too bad. It just hampers creativity. It's literally the opposite of freedom. And the thing is, that what drives me nuts is the people that put that ESG score in place probably think that they're doing a good thing. They think they're of the heroes. Of course they do. They think that they're they're forcing, they feel like they're forcing everyone to to be more of a melting pot. You know that, but the problem is, is they're not doing that. What's happening is, is all you're you're taking one group of people and pushing them aside 
and then focusing totally on one other group of people. Right. It's essentially a form of racism. Yeah, you can't force progress because that or, is slavery. <laughs> not even racism or whatever, bigotry. Whatever. Because yeah. if you only focus on the LGBTQ community and you push out all the cisgendered men, now you're just focusing on one group again. Right. And it's just, I understand you're trying to create fairness for everybody, but it's almost impossible for there to be everything to be equal. You have people in this, people who are born today, some people are more motivated than other people. Some people have different needs and wants and desires than other people. It's impossible to have perfect, perfect, you know, equality. Yeah. What they told you in school when they said, you can be anything you want. You could be president of the United States. They lied to you. Sorry to say. Well, well, you could. Some of you can. Sure. I mean, anybody can if they want it better. No, no. Yeah, some of you, some of you can. Some of you probably won't, won't, uh, wasn't born with that kind of mentality to do politics or have the motivation to even get to school, right? Right. You might have to take your own route. Well, I I would say, I wouldn't use the word can, like they can't. They won't is the right word. Like they won't do it because they, they, they don't have it in them. Right, so you know technically I mean? everyone can, but they just don't have it in them to do it. So then that means not they everybody can't. has it. Right. <laughs> well, not everybody will. Yeah, not everybody will. Yeah, but you know, me telling you you can't—that's not my job. That's it's within yourself to decide whether that's you can true. or can't yeah. do something. Yeah, yeah. The, the bottom line is, uh, not not everyone not everyone was created equal, and it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It has everything to do with your motivation, your ability, your like, there's a lot. There's a lot of factors, and it's not skin or sexuality. It is mentality and ca- content yes. of character that determines whether or not you are going to be better or worse than the next person. Bottom line. Look, man, I know for a fact that I can, I could have made more money and I could have been more successful in my in my adulthood. Um, but I didn't want to. I want to. <laughs> no, of course I want more money. I didn't want it bad enough. I want a nice house. I would like, but if I want really wanted it, I would have stayed in college, right? <laughs> maybe I would have gone maybe instead of joining the military. Maybe I would have stayed in school. Maybe I would have gone a different career path instead of collecting nerd tchotchkes and watching Star Trek. Maybe I would have been, I don't know, studying engineering or physics or something. I've doing something that I didn't want to do in order to get there. And now there's some people that are so driven and so motivated that they do that. And I feel like I'm a driven, motivated guy, but I obviously wasn't driven and motivated enough to be that guy. Yeah. I still like to watch Star Trek and play Dota 2. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And so, so. That, just to address, uh, so for people who've come in kind of late here, you see uh, uh, Kyle is up here on our, he's our, he's our hero, our unleashed hero person of the moment right now. Um, and he's slowly his his score has been his health is being whittled down as people super chat, and some people were asking why his name was up there. So as as you guys support the channel by by doing gifting, you know, thanks and super chats and memberships and things like that, his score will come down. And whoever nail gives him the the final death blow and removes his health to zero, they will then go up as the unleashed hero of the day. Um, and whoever's up there the longest is going to win a prize at the end. So there will be, we'll be doing that before we end the stream. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of, uh, really cool prizes and we're going to be trying to do like our plan every week 
every Thursday at least, is to give away uh, stuff, and then every every month to give away stuff, and then every quarter to give away stuff. We just want to we we want to give back to as many people that are supporting us, the members, the people that are coming yeah. in. Just to, even if you're just sharing and liking, like like let's do it. Let's just let's like, we did, Shane and I talked a couple a couple of guys ago. Like let's just start let's just start connecting and giving away all kinds of stuff. And let's just have a good time with everyone because, you know, uh, we got a lot of new people watching from well, during Picard, and that's great. Well, not only do we not want to lose you, but well, people we're having, like Kyle, like Kyle, we're, we're having really and we're having a great time every Thursday with you. And the reason we show up to do it every Thursday, and we set up this whole thing, and we go through the process of, of uh, you know of doing the show, is because we're getting to spend time with you guys. And chat with you guys, and it's just it's 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 cathartic for me. My whole week is often pretty sucky until I get to Thursday, so I really appreciate it. Well, well, I'm sorry about that, man. That's good to know that we can do it here, and we're building community, and that's what that's about. Life is hard sometimes, so, bro. It's okay. I know. And all the numbers running across the top—that's for all of our shows. So that, that those numbers get added up. If you super chat on Monday's show, or you super chat today, or one of the other new shows that Brian are going to be doing. All that gets totaled in for the monthly, the monthly winner. So. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. So, and any super chat at any point every month is tracked up there, and every every week we'll show it here on the stream. Yep, every, yeah, we'll we'll mm-hmm. keep bringing them up. Yeah, we only show it on this stream though, right? I can't control. It. Yeah, I, we're not. Yeah, yeah. we're going to show it on this. Stream. You'll see it on Thursdays. Yeah, the other the other streams are not as customizable. Right. Rebecca Spade for five dollars. Thank you, Rebecca. Is Alex? I guess Kurtzman. Signing pics at the convention. Laughing emoji. Would that be? You think he's sitting there next to Anson Mount signing pics? I I just can't imagine that he would do that. Like when I saw he's going to a convention, I'm just like, he's probably going to be on a panel. That's all I can imagine. I don't think he would ever sign. He made too much money. Like you, you after you get millions of dollars to go and from you know to go run Star Trek, I don't think you can. What was it? Sit was there like, and sign headshots. It was, I think it was like $87 million or something like that. It was some insane amount of money. Yeah, he just made too much money and uh and yeah, he'll never need to sign headshots. Yeah, that's why when they're when when like people like um other YouTubers are like Alex Kurtzman will be gone next year. You're like, no. They they gave him almost a hundred. I love million how you dollars. say other YouTubers and then say it exactly like Doomcock. Okay, it's Doomcock. <laughs> when Doomcock says Kurtzman will be gone next year. And then, like, hey, bro, they gave him almost $100 million. They're not getting rid of the guy. Not yet. Like, although, although, although if he, if he screws this up after the writer's strike, if he picks the wrong shows, his, his, his lifetime will be shortened. I, because Paramount can't, aff- listen, when his cockroach. deal's up, listen, Paramount is cutting the fat. They are not going to pay him a ton of money. How, how crazy would it be for Paramount to go? I wonder if we could pay somebody thirty million to run this thing. I wonder if we could pay him twenty million. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, yeah, they could. They could have paid uh, Terry a tiny fraction of what they gave Kurtzman to run. Terry would do it for a subway sandwich at lunch and just pay him what it does to show run. He would probably run the whole thing. For he him. probably would. He probably run the entire thing. You're right. Um, Ed Darlow, Darlow for dollar ninety nine. No message, just a lot of love. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate that. Hell of a guy. He's, he's whittling away. He's whittling away at at Kyle's. I think there was a sticker there. Nice. Maybe maybe I don't see it or something. Um. Okay. 
So moving on from that. Uh, speaking of uh, Doomcock, there is some news about Indiana Jones. Oh, well, that's not. Just, there's not news. Well, there's there? some. It's news. There is some news. Is it, is it news or is it like we got a sneak peek? Well, we can't. Like our channel will be nuked from orbit if we show that. No, no, but we got a sneak peek. Yes, yeah, we got Thanks a sneak to peek. a fan. A fan sent us a sneak peek of. Okay, let me start this right. A fan sent us a sneak peek of Indiana Jones. We watched uh, like seven minutes of it or something like that. Yep. And it's very interesting because we got this seven minutes of Indiana Jones. And like five days prior to that was Doomcock's video where he was taking credit for. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm No, I'm not joking here. If you're going to go make me laugh. He's taking credit for <laughs> your face is making me laugh. He's taking credit for Indiana Jones not doing any of the things that he said it was going to do <laughs> last year. <laughs> it's so hard. It's hard to say. What a grift, man. What a grift. He's, he literally has his little puppets going like, didn't you say that they're going to do this? Yes. And because I said that, they have reshot it. <laughs> <laughs> Doomcock's taking credit for Indiana Jones completely being reshot so that it negates everything that he said was going to happen. It's 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 incredible. Listen, I mean, huge credit to that guy. Don't hate the player. For being, hate right, the for being right no matter what happens. He right. has made it so that he wins no matter what. And listen, when you're in a no-lose scenario, I mean, congratulations. But huge shout out to Metal Gear um who who sent us uh this this clip and we can't show it to you guys and nor would you want us to and we don't really want to spoil it to you but spoil it for you but there will be some light spoilers in this discussion a little bit so if you don't mind getting a little bit of plot um it us telling you a little bit about the plot of us telling you a little bit about the characters and us making some like assumptions based on what we saw Without really being able to, uh, I would say, say for sure that's exactly what the movie's going to be, um, we can do that for you. All right. Yeah. So we're going to give you a moment now to bow out if you don't want to hear anything at it's all about it. It's, it's, I don't, it's like, I guess it's a spoiler, it's but it's not, it's not even a story point. So What we can tell you is that the seven minutes that we watched was essentially a chase scene. There was very limited dialogue, but there was dialogue. So what we got to see was this, this kind of prolonged scene um, between Indiana Jones, you know, Harrison Ford and, and, and Fleabag. My oh, gosh, I totally forgot her name. Um, those two characters, and essentially they're chasing Mads, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. You call her Fleabag. Phoebe well, Waller, the show she was Phoebe on. Waller, whatever. Phoebe Waller Cates, right? Phoebe Waller Bridge. Um, that's, what, that's what Doomcock calls her. Fleabag will be the new <laughs> Indiana Jones. I mean, that's that's what she's most known for. He's and a, I haven't. He will be wiped out of history by the dial of destiny, and every one of his accomplishments will be, be <laughs> will be attributed to Fleabag. You're like, there's no fucking way anyone ever does that. 
There's no yeah. way. I don't care if you you can right. be a mentally challenged monkey on coke, and there is no way you erase the hero of your franchise from all of its previous movies and replace it with another person. Well, I don't know. They did with uh, Mark Hamill. He was basically erased from Star Wars. No, no, but he, his accomplishments weren't erased. Jim Gunn was right. literally saying that, oh, they were going to show clips of her doing Temple of Doom, her doing Last Crusade, her doing... Yeah, it's... That's insane. I, it's, it's, it's the most ludicrous bullshit. It's like, how do you get your... Uh, he sat around and said, listen, how can I piss off everybody who's going to watch this as much as humanly possible? Right. I'm going to create something that just absolutely could not happen. There's no freaking way that could even happen. And the fact that he it came out of his mouth is disgusting and like like respect the game respect the player but that is just straight up lies and if you're gonna lie to people then i'm sorry i i can't respect you so that's it yeah 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 but so on to off of that guy so and on to the the, the truth the reality sorry, it's so insane i watched it right before watching that clip and i was like oh my god yeah well there is some bad news there's kind of bad news and kind of like i don't know so here we're going to it a little bit so the scene basically has uh, Phoebe and Harrison. Let's just call them. What's her character in that? She's. Do you remember her character in, in the movie? I have no idea what her character name it's, is. It's it's uh, the daughter of of his uh, longtime friend. Let's just call her Phoebe or Fleabag. Phoebe. Okay, so Phoebe in in Indiana. Okay, in here at the Indiana. So uh, basically, they're in a chase scene, right? And so it starts out with Indiana Jones uh, driving this little tiny vehicle in some foreign country. And Phoebe is kind of the passenger, right? And then they have uh, a third guy, like some, you know, you know how they always have like yeah. the local, the it's local, like, yeah, a young, a young tour guide, right? Yeah, a young tour guide stuck on on this crazy ride with them, <laughs> right. and it looks like they're ch- they're chasing Mads Mikkelsen, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching it, and you've got Indiana's driving, okay, cool. Well, it He's starts in charge. up with that kid actually saving Indy by knocking the guy over with the gun. And then Indy goes, move okay. over, kid. <laughs> right. And then Indiana drives. Yeah, right. he, he does a total Indiana thing. Okay. And he's and he's driving. Now, right. what I will tell you about this clip is Indiana Jones is definitely 100% Indiana Jones. Yeah, 100%. Like he's doing Indiana Jones things. He's acting like Indiana Jones would. And nobody's taking anything from him or doing anything for him. Yeah, I'm frankly okay? surprised that Harrison Ford is capable of what, what was happening on screen. Yeah, he really like convinces you that he's still... Yeah like good but here's the thing maybe it's 15 so, different body doubles i don't know but here's the thing is phoebe well his voice is strong like right. his yes. commanding his actions all that is good whatever his body is doing phoebe on the other hand is not what we expected this character to be so phoebe is actually about as capable as as indy indy is uh, in in the seven minutes we saw she's basically as capable as him she has athlete some athletic ability yep She's also uh, she's also determined. So we learn in this scene that Indiana Jones has come to rescue her. Um, so he basically tells her, like, you know, I came here to rescue you. And she's like, why would you rescue me? I didn't ask you to rescue me. What we learn about this character is that she's actually like a little bit of a uh, like a bad, bad person, like a bad girl. Right. Like she's she's a rogue. She's uh, she's got gambling debts. She owes people money. And Indiana Jones is like, you know, how could you do this to the memory of your father? 
Right. So it's all about like, he's like, don't you, you know, care about what you're, I guess her father probably set her up to have a life to probably be like, uh, you know, a, a professor of some sort. Um, she probably had like a whole existence to be set up and she chose to go another path is what it seems like. Right. And so during this scene, she's basically confused as to why Indiana Jones is there. She's chasing this bad guy herself, who apparently might have been her boyfriend at one time. Yeah, they were dating or something. They were dating and he's got her money. So she's chasing him. Indiana's. So they're kind of chasing him together, but separately. And he thinks he's there to rescue her. She's like, I don't need rescuing. And, and it does feel like, I would say the danger part of it is, you know, while all of Indiana Jones's women in all of his movies are strong women who are capable, there's always this element of Indiana Jones ultimately being the hero of the story. There is a little bit of fear that it's possible that they're both the hero of the story, just based on the seven minutes we saw. I think in the end, Indiana will, of course, be the overall hero because like what we said earlier, I don't think they'll change that narrative. And Steven Spielberg said he likes the movie. I trust James Mangold. He hasn't done a bad movie. I don't feel like he would ruin the character. He's an Indiana Jones fan since he was a kid like us. He's our age. So, you know, I feel like he's going to want to end it strongly and well. But this female Indiana Jones character does seem to be more capable than I would say most other characters, even though, you know, the first, um, the first character was able to drink her opponents under the table. And the second lady was able to, you know, during temple of doom, she actually became pretty capable by the end of the movie, but start, you know, she had a really good character arc. This one seems like she's capable of taking care of herself. So we'll see where that leads to what we do know, the little piece of info that was given to us. And by the way, Willie Scott, was so good looking in that. So fine. You always go back to in that. Temple so of Doom. They're like, oh my god, she was so hot, so crazy. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It, so Indiana's trying to get back the dial of destiny. He says mm-hmm. it during the seven minute scene. I just want to get the dial back. That's what he says. So she's not has nothing to do with the dial. She don't care about none of that. She's got her own business going on. She's trying to get her money back. She's trying to hunt down her ex boyfriend or whatever. And Indiana Jones, they kind of end up looks like together on accident he thinks he's rescuing her she doesn't and they end up kind of working together take it or leave it for what you guys want but that's essentially what happens and i don't know what do you think brian i think i'll tell you what i think i think we didn't see enough oh by the way penny spoilers over we didn't see (laughs) enough we didn't see enough to actually glean from uh from the movie if if she's a Mary Sue or just a classic Indiana Jones um, uh, female character. She doesn't seem to be a Mary Sue. And I'll say oh, the reason why is because apparently she's been doing this for a while. Like she's been a, she's been a rogue for a bit. So whatever she's learned or capable of, likely she may have. It, it seems like it might be believable that she might know how to do some of this stuff. Okay. So she's not the love interest. So, she, so it's a little bit different this time for Indy. Because Christopher Mays is right. There are actually only three Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> well, the and, third one didn't really have a love interest. And, it was uh, bad. Yeah, and the first there two, a... there was two love interests. And then there was a love interest in, in <clears throat> three, but it wasn't really... Yeah. Well, what? It wasn't main part of the story. Right. The main story was him and his dad. So, 
I'll tell you this, uh, and Christopher, I got a great story about that in a second, but let me finish my thought. Um, I think that this, like, from what we saw and what we know about uh, the uh, Phoebe Waller-Cates from Fleabag. Bridge. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bridge. My bad. Oh, my God. I know. Phoebe Cates is an old-time actress. I so. think that she is capable of delivering, a, you know, uh, delivering the spice to Indiana Jones. And as long as the movie focuses on Indiana Jones, we're cool. I, I did read the script, at least the initial script, before Pink Slips came out. And and it was verified. It was a script from the trailer house. And here's the deal. I'm not going to spoil anything. But from what I read, first off, Doomcock was 100% wrong on everything he said. Um, maybe except for one thing that did that wasn't even important. And and the way it, the way it read for me when I first read it was Indiana Jones was the hero, and he was respected and he was given his send off, and that's the way the movie should go. And assuming it hasn't changed since I read it, it that's the way it should go. That's why I'm pretty confident that this movie, at the very least, will honor that. And I'm not saying, do am I saying it's going to be your, the best movie? Is it even going to be the best Indiana Jones movie? No, I don't know. Um, I don't think I don't even think the script I read was like hyper compelling, but it was entertaining. I think it's gonna be a fun Indiana Jones movie. And I think that people are getting bent out of shape over rumors that are just factually that that can't be substantiated in any way. Yeah, I think a lot's gonna depend on whether Phoebe is likable. Her character is likable. Like if her character is not likable, it's gonna mess up the movie. So and and what I've seen from those seven minutes is I didn't really like her. You know, um, I don't, it's, it's a very small snapshot. Um, I just, I did not, I did not say, wow, I like this character. I was actually like, I hope there's more to her than what I'm seeing right now, because if she's, if she's also a badass and they're going to spend the whole movie competing, there's an element of competing to this between the two. Mm. Didn't you not feel that? It felt that way a little bit. It felt that way. Like, 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 like they were almost trying to one up each other a little bit. Like she leaves him behind. Yeah. In, in one piece, you know, it's, she, it's like, she's trying to do her own thing. So we'll see if it comes together. And if eventually she bends the knee, she's got to bend the knee period. Yeah. Like this is Indy's movie. If she don't bend the knee, then it's going to be a bad movie. We said the same thing about Bacar season three. Like, like, look, you can't have Cisco fly in on the defiant and save the day. The, the show is called Picard. Indiana Jones five is called Indiana Jones, not Phoebe Jones or whatever. Like he needs to be the hero. He needs to be the elder statesman, uh, whatever. Um, she can add to it hundred percent. She can be a great character that we all love maybe, but she has to, at some point she has, the character has to, uh, uh, make way for the main character. The main character needs to be Indiana Jones, not Phoebe Waller bridge. All right, real. So just to highlight Christopher Mays' super chat, because I know you said it kind of in passing. Thank you so much, Christopher. I was about to tell him a story about it. That's why. What's that? I was about to tell him a story about it. That's why. I okay. Said, well, you, know, you mentioned it. it. So that's yeah. why I wasn't sure. Yeah. Christopher, it's funny that you said that. Thank you for the, for the super chat, my friend. Um, it's really, really funny because I was watching E! Entertainment, right? Like the big network television show uh, series. I mean, the network. And they were talking about, uh, it was right after CinemaCon and someone had watched a part of Indiana Jones. And he comes out and he's like, 
Like, so I watched this, blah, blah. You know, I'm really excited about it. And he goes, and it doesn't matter what he says. But what he said at the very end was great. He goes, this is the first movie, an Indiana Jones movie, not directed by Steven Spielberg um, <laughs> since the first uh, three movies. And someone off camera is like, was like, blah, blah, blah. He goes, there's a fourth movie? <laughs> I'm not joking. He says, there's a fourth movie? He goes, okay, That's well. That's funny. I mean, I didn't see that movie, but the movies that I saw, this is the first one. I was laughing my butt off. I don't know if it was intentional or what, but it just sort of solidified the the our community joke that we have going on here. Yeah, it must be an on, it, it must be a joke elsewhere too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it was really maybe funny. Steven's he goes, got a good. This is the fourth movie. <laughs> maybe Steven's got a good sense of humor about it. I'm sure. I mean, he directed the fourth movie too. That's what I'm saying. He he would have to have a sense of humor about it for them to do, tell that joke if it was a joke. Right. I think it was a joke. Uh, also, from Christopher Mates, damn Christopher coming through with the woo. He's Toy trying to, he's trying to replace Kyle. He's getting close. 1999 from Christopher Mays. Rumor has it Kyle Proch is secretly <laughs> Doomcock. Get him. <laughs> Kyle Kyle's like, am I going to have to put more money on this to move my score up? <laughs> As a a Doomcock just rolls in, he's like, I'm just going to take over this stream right away and not let anyone play the game. And there we go. Good luck, boys. That's funny. So so wait, can Kyle actually add to his point total? Like, is that possible? Like, can he like super chat again and add to his points? Yeah. uh, When when whoever's the current hero, right? The current king of the hill, whatever the hero. When they super chat, it actually adds health to their board. oh okay so they can maintain their stay longer if they add to their health right yes oh yes. okay well there you go guys i guess we should have told you that from the beginning but I, apparently I, you can add to your so if if somebody is trying to take you off the board you can fight to to, to not be removed so. yeah I, my, my bad there's a lot going on here so there's so many things i, I no, listen that part if you're if you are the current hero in that slot and you want to stay there you can super chat you can like you can subscribe you can membership you can get membership you can any engagement from you that tracks in our in our in our feed, it gets added to the health bar. No, oh, all right, cool. By the way, any engagement gets added to the health bar or, or taken away, but it's obviously super chats and memberships that do the most. All right. Thank you, Christopher. Christopher's the man. That was so funny. Rumor has it Kyle Kyle is doing. I've um, never seen him in the same room. Just saying, and Kyle, listen, that's okay. We we still we never love you. seen we him in the same you. room. Never, not yeah. once, Kyle. It's okay. Um, oh. I I still am sort of uh, beyond myself that we didn't get. Uh, I I don't know why. Like we know, Doomcock probably doesn't like us very much, but <laughs> I wonder why. I even asked Mike, who's who's good friends with us and with Doomcock. I was like, Hey, what did Doomcock think about our video? You know, we. We weren't trying to like be mean or whatever. We were just trying to have fun no, in a nice way. We gave him a good out. Yeah. No, yeah. He... And he's like, hey, he didn't seem to mind. Like, huh. No reaction at all. <laughs> okay. He's not going to give you the satisfaction, man. I it's guess, just not going to happen. Guess. But to be fair, we were nice. We weren't mean. We've never been mean to anyone. Just be like, if we, if we, if we disagree, no, no. we'll give you, we'll give you a hard time, but we're never actually mean. Like, like that's not our thing. No, but I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, like, I don't, I don't respect what he's done with Indiana Jones, but at the same time, more power to him. It's, it's really hilarious, especially when like the little, the little guys, the ones doing all the talking, 
Didn't you say the budget was ballooned to 150 million because of because of uh, your reporting caused reshoots? And he's like, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, I gotta give it to him. To me, it's entertaining as hell. I'm sitting there just laughing my butt off the whole time. I don't think that's intention, though. The intention. Okay. um, Well, no, of course not. All right. uh, We do. Okay. So we're when we gonna we're gonna the member section soon, right? Yeah. I so I just a couple things we need to bring up. So I want to do it real quick. Uh, Can you put in a poll? Who's watching Mrs. Davis? Oh, Mrs. Davis. So, yeah. And listen, we love you guys so much. Thank you guys for all of you. You know, I just saw Rob Bailey, Rob and Bailey channel. I love you guys. We love you guys too. And I got to tell you, we, we couldn't do this if you didn't show up here and talk with us <laughs> and hang out with us. We just couldn't do it. Um, we really enjoy bringing this information to you guys. But I mean, a lot of the comments we get and just it really keeps us motivated because it's hard to do this day in and day out. You know, this channel, um, you know, obviously our other channel does is better for us. And this channel is, has been growing and it's good. <clears throat> and we're more excited to do it nowadays. We got a super chat from Kyle. So Kyle is, we're testing whether or not to add. It'll add to the, to his. his oh, he's, he's trying to add to it. He doesn't want to be not Did it down. add to it? I mean, it takes a second for it to go through. Kyle Proc, 1999. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. 1999. Thank you. I'm actually Shine. <laughs> Christopher Mays is Doomcock. Christopher, we have not seen you in the same room with Doomcock. We're just going to put oh it out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that Kyle is great. Shane. <laughs> I am actually Shane. I cannot be defeated. <laughs> we made a monster. <laughs> Hopefully you guys subscribe to that channel because I, I can't wait to see. I'm so excited to see what AI thumbnails are going to come out for some of these stories. Like, I think we're going to like do other stories, like really popular ones that come out. So like, mm-hmm. imagine like Donald Trump uh, um, convicted of rape. What oh, kind no. of what the what image kind of would come out, like, come out? By the way, we're not saying he was convicted of rape because that's not accurate. Well, that's saying, what the headline. That's, that's what the stupid headline is. So when you when you push the headline into the oh yeah, it did. Look at it, just added a bunch of HP to Kyle. To Kyle. Did it? Did it do yeah, it? Yeah, it just did. Kyle will not. He's be went to five K to seventy three hundred. Nice. <laughs> so we were saying I, it, that's mm. obviously incorrect, but there's there's ridiculously insane headlines out there that are just completely false, total misinformation. So you plug those already false misinformation headlines and articles into the AI who is already a little confused, sarcastic and mean, (laughs) it's going to create a banger of a video. And then the thumbnail on top of it, it's going to be hilarious. You know, it's going to be, it's got to be, it's going to be, I can't wait to see him. That's going to be must see every week for me. I'm going to be waiting for my alert to come in. By the way, thank you, Kyle Proc. You know that right? I think it's pro, yeah. yeah. Or pro? It could be pro, right? No, it's not. It could be pro. Well, thank you, Kyle. We appreciate it, my friend. Really do. Um, like, we, we can only exist here because of your guys' support. I'm just being real. We, 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 don't, we are not independently wealthy. <laughs> That's for certain. <laughs> That's for sure. I bought, uh, I bought, uh, I couldn't afford my customary Red Bull this week. So I bought 
I couldn't afford my custom. I couldn't. I, it, it's so expensive. Sounds, Dude, it's like $40 now for a case of Red Bull. But wow. I found As the, I drink my Starbucks coffee. the Amazon brand. Mm-hmm. It's called like Sommelier or Somali or something like that. It's something, a horrible that, name, by the way. Isn't that Jesse Sommelier or whatever? No, is? no, no. It's uh, Juicy juicy Smollet. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, show you right now. Uh, oh, Kyle's name's pronounced Proach. Proach. Okay. Um, it's called. Uh... Oh, jeez. Anyways, I'll look it up. But what I'm talking about this, so I, I, I'm like, I found the Amazon Essentials brand, basically of Red Bull, and <laughs> that's a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's called. Um... <clears throat> I can't find the name right now. It's something that's really a horrible name. It's like Somoli or whatever. It's dumb, whatever. It was like 18 bucks for the same amount. <laughs> so I bought it. Oh my God. This stuff is, it's, oh, here it is. Here it is. It's, it's just cough medicine, basically. Oh my God. Look at that, 18 silver bucks. Silver energy drink. It literally says silver energy drink. And look, look at the name. It's like uh, Solimol. It's a horrible Solimol. name. So this is like their Red Bull, right? And it sort of tastes like Red Bull, but it also tastes like maybe I'm being poisoned. Well, dude, a pack of 12 is 18 bucks. That's yeah. cheap. But a, yeah, a pack of 12 Red Bulls is like 30 something dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyways, um, that was a funny uh, offhand thing there. It's, it's ridiculous the the length in which I'll go to get my addiction, but I couldn't even get through one of these drinks it tasted so bad it was so rancid it is like if it what would happen if you distilled red bull right and left it out in the sun for too long that's pretty much okay. what this tastes like oh well, that doesn't sound silver good. energy drink <laughs> all right let's see we got another super chat oh christopher mays comes back <laughs> 9.99 thank you so much christopher i'm not doomcock but I might be one of the puppets. <laughs> I mean, the, do puppets... the puppet voice again, right? <clears throat> would you want to do puppet voice? Or the voice? Yeah, do the puppet voice. Doomcock, didn't you say that Indiana <laughs> Jones had a hundred million more budget because of rewrites? Yes. Yes, I did. Does I like... he do all the voices? He does all the, he does all the voices from what I know, what I've been told. Hopefully I'm not spoiling anything for you guys. And here's the funny part. When you realize that, you realize that he's just complimenting himself. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you realize that he's doing all the voices, he's complimenting himself. Right. He just <laughs> the, throughout the video, it's just him oh. complimenting himself. It's really That's funny. Great. That's great. You know, I'm gonna watch it with a whole new perspective. I know. I, I'm telling you, it's great. Um, oh, that's funny. Maze ultra purple. Yeah, I, I actually did buy an energy drink once called Purple Drink. No joke. Mm. It was called Purple Drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm a, I think I might be addicted to caffeine. <laughs> just, just, you think? You think? Yeah. Oh, guys. Okay, so I think, I think we're almost done here. It looks like I think uh, Kyle is going to be un... Un, un, 
unseated, un- unseated for the day. Ah, he got close. Chris Christopher hmm. Mays got really close. He gave him a run for his money for sure. He, he we, might we, he might have made it had Kyle not added health to his body. Because look at now, regardless, yeah. But regardless, uh, Kyle did hold it the longest today. So uh, so he would be the winner. But bro, Rebecca Spade had it for about three seconds. <laughs> she I don't even think she got it. Like he just over the topped her. Like yeah. like uh, you know. But um, so let's go ahead and we haven't done this before, so it's first time. So Kyle, uh, Kyle Proach, you are the winner. You are the very first unleashed hero uh, of a string. And we're doing the spinner, right? Yeah. So the spinner of the five episode, five items. So we can show the items again. Okay. And then we're going to tell you guys what's coming up. So don't leave. Let's do this for Kyle. And then we'll tell you what's coming up on our upcoming shows. And of course, okay, you're going to want to go. Buy me a little time because I, I said I'm going to That's what I'm doing, man. Okay. That's literally what I'm doing. Like you you stopped me from buying you time to okay, tell all right, you all right, to continue, buy you please, time. Please continue. Okay. So <laughs> now I don't know what I was. I was buying you time and I was going somewhere. And you stopped me I from buying you time. I'm sorry, bro. Okay. You want to join us in the member section because we're going to tell the title of the video that's coming up that we can't say here in the public side but we're also going to talk with you guys and this is in the, in the member section is where we talk you know directly to the chat we kind of go back and forth on things we'll talk about topics of the day we'll we'll also kind of go a little deeper and further on things that we know that we might not share out here in public and of course it's just an opportunity to hang out and talk about things so please come over to the member section members section and um and let's hang out um We'll explain also the member prizes because we're going to be giving member prizes monthly now. And so we'll do that there as well. Yeah. I bought you the time. That's Did I buy all you, you can do? Time? That's all you can do, really? Do you want me do to do I more? Do I have to I type do... and talk at the same time? Come on. No, I got you. I got you. So if you're still going. Um, let me see what else I got. Um, okay. So yeah. So tomorrow, I don't know. This could be a complete shit show. But tomorrow, I'm going to try to do my own show. I'm here for it. Like I literally guys seven years. I've never done anything alone before. Like it's always been me and Brian for everything. It's true. But tomorrow at 10 AM and I don't even know the name of the show yet. Maybe you guys can help me come up with a name. Oh yeah. That's you need, you need to come up with a name. Like, cause I need to actually well, I, make your material tonight. Well, here's the thing. Done. We can come up with a name initially, but, but see, I was going to call it like freedom Friday, but I don't know. It might sound like a little lame. All right, so tell them what, tell them what you're planning on doing, and then help, and then help, then the chat can help you come up with a name for your show. Well, yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be just like I, I don't want to call it this, but it's gonna be like Morning Joe with Shane, right? So okay. it's gonna be you know we're gonna talk about it. I think tomorrow's topics are gonna be what do we got coming up? It's probably gonna be like um, we're gonna talk about uh, a little bit of Disney stuff with Florida, like that whole weird thing going down. We're going to talk about writers. Like I'm a writer. I don't know if you guys knew this. We're going to talk about why writers aren't doing well in Hollywood right now. So we're going to have that kind of discussion. We're going to talk about a few different things like Beetlejuice two is getting ready to come out. So we're just going to, we're going to talk about a variety of topics that are important to the week. How about that? How about, how about something that's like the weekly wrap up? Something like that. All right. So guys, do you guys think about this? While we're doing, while we're spinning the wheel for, <clears throat> for Kyle, okay? Why yeah. Copying so much, Jesus. I see it. I see a freedom fries, oh and I see God. a free balling with Shane. I like that. Free I'm sort of balling. liking freedom fries. That sounds cool. No, no, you're just hungry. No, no, it's, yeah, it's a not... cool name. It, it, uh, 
Anyways, well, I'm continuing. Let's do the wheel. <laughs> okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. No. Nope, oh, is this not. it? Okay. So no, wait. No, no, so hold the, up. It's wrong. Hold up. No, that's not the right one. Yeah. I thought that's was, for right? members. So look, you know what's cool? If you're thinking about becoming a member, you could win one of these every month. Oh, I got it. Just I fixed it. Sorry, I forgot to save my settings. Here we go. Okay, that did not work. Let me just take this off the screen real quick. I love the little logo of us. That's cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's the Unleashed logo. Oh, I've never seen it. Really? Cool. No, that's not our, that's not our Unleashed logo. Yeah, it is. That's oh. the Unleashed logo. Oh, so what do those things say? I'm trying to I'm trying to fix it. It's like broken. oh, I see. You're fixing it. So yeah. So while Brian is trying, I mean, this is the first time we've ever done this. So, and and honestly, we started doing it yesterday. So it's <laughs> it's less than twenty four hours trying to do this. But Kyle, we're going to get your your prize up here. And what do we have that you can possibly win? I know he's putting it down. We got uh, two different autographed uh, things. They're both TNG related, but two different types of autographs. You can win one or the other. Uh, you've got a, a Shut Up Wesley T-shirt. You've got a Star Trek Legacy mug, and you have a hat, which I don't have mine here. It looks like Brian's, but you can either pick the one that Brian's wearing or or, or no, mine, no, no, no. I put I put Brian's and Shane's hat on there. Oh, what does that mean? So it's and gonna, or it's going to roll one of them. Oh, you put both of them on there, so they might get mine or your hat. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I need another. I need actually needed another thing. So <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Okay, are we spinning anytime soon, or should I? Yep. Keep... Give me like literally one more minute. Look at sixty seconds of talking. Okay, so let's go over some of the names we got here. Topics with Shane. I like that. Would you like some fries with that, Shane? <laughs> Would you like some fries with that shake? I think I tell my wife that occasionally. Okay, almost there. And What's that cool graphic, bro? That's what that I should that. do it. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Okay, so I guess we can kind of read them. Can you guys read that? Yeah, shut up, Wesley. Landscape poster, port portrait poster, legacy mug, uh, Shane's hat or Brian's hat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Let's hope this works and it's not a complete joke. Ready? On and another. On. Ready? On another. Uh, on another wheel, we're going to show in the member section, we have every single member on a wheel. Like all 116 members on a wheel like okay. that can be picked. Let's go. Cool. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. This is for this is for Kyle. What does he win? I don't hear anything. They hear it. Can they hear something? You what want a it? portrait poster. Which one? The portrait one. The portrait autograph poster. Oh, okay. Not the, not the, the... Can you show them which one it is? Yes, I can. And I got to quickly go buy it. <laughs> This one right here. This is what you won, boss. Oh, no, oh no, that's nice. Wrong. That's, that's the landscape. I'm. I'm oh my god, dude! You just got that. him totally excited. Here we go. What this is the one. Sorry, you? sorry, man. That one. Whoa! There it is. Just as cool. Congratulations, Kyle Proach. Uh, Kyle, if you can, please. Uh, you can email us or DM us in on Twitter. Uh, email us your your mailing address, and we'll get that over to you right away. Appreciate you. Yes. Um. <clears throat> And thank you to everybody who supported the chat today yeah, and, let me give you and, and played the game with us. Let us know what you guys thought. If you like the game, 
if you like what we did today, it's a little different. Email us at that email address, Kyle, and we'll get you set up, bro. Okay, yes, thank you so much for your support. We are going to go to the member section. If you are new, maybe you don't know how that works. The member section is actually two places. You might be a uh, the classic Prime member or the new Unleashed member. It's the same thing. Um, and what we do there is we talk to you guys sort of one-on-one, and we sort of, you know, shoot the crap and talk about things that we probably don't feel comfortable talking about in uh, the public stream because we don't want to, you know, offend anyone or get someone mad or <laughs> whatever or spoil something and have the YouTube gods rain nukes Possibly. down in our home. So <laughs> it's more, uh, it's like unleashed, unfiltered, I guess. And it's Fair really, enough. it's not just to protect us, but it also allows us to be uh, completely free. So please, my friends, if you want to come on over with us, you can click, click the link in the description below. Or if you're on a leash, just hit the, um, hit the, uh, uh, the YouTube, you know, the channel name and you'll see it ready to go. We're going to start up right after this. And if you're on the prime channel member, it's going to redirect you right over there. So that's it. We love you. We hope that you can join us in the member section, but if not, that's cool. We will be back tomorrow for Freedom Fries with Shane. And Free- then no, it's not Freedom Fries. Freedom Fries with Shane. That's what it's called. No. That's what we're calling I will it. Not, I will not. Listen, we're not doing that. It's not even. It's a food. It's not even a show. Freedom Fries. Why fries? Okay. All right. Hold up. We got, we, that we, makes no we, sense. We can't. We can't go yet. Okay. We need to. We need to. We need to, get, we need to figure this out. All right. It can't be fries. All right, what, I won't what, do it. We had some options here. Freedom test. Okay, let's hear some more options. Oh, here's a cool name. Good luck tomorrow. That's a cool name for a show. Oh, what was it? Good luck Good tomorrow. Luck tomorrow. Good luck tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck that's tomorrow not, with Shane. I don't think that's what they meant. Here's one. Free balling with Shane. I like that one. I like that one. But I, I like Sean's better. What let's was go Sean's? With Sean's. What was it? Attack of the Shane. Uh, let's do that. Attack of the Shane. Why not? Why not? That's fun. <laughs> it could change, guys. It could change. But Sean, good job, Attack of the Shane. I like that one. And I like the free ball in one. I like and, in uh, Shane. Actually... Sean said in Shane. That's pretty cool, too. It's almost in like Shane. It's almost like that Jurassic Park company. Like insane. Insane in the membrane. All right. Going insane. Got no so, brain. So let me just reiterate. Tomorrow morning with... <clears throat> Attack of the Shane here live. And then on Sunday, I will be uh, streaming from the DC channel. I will not. There's no super chats on DC, but I would still love you guys to come and hang out with me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be streaming the DC stuff here. I'm going to stream it on DC, right? No, you can't. Are you? That's, that was the plan, right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh well maybe that's fine stream it on dc that's what you should do you're right we'll we'll provide links to that yeah so yeah the links will be um in the community section we'll put it in the description of this video if you see it after the fact whatever it is we have a dc channel too it's called dc unleashed just like podcast unleashed um so i'll be doing my show over there on sunday uh probably around two o'clock in the afternoon i don't want to get up super early and then on monday we'll be back for uh raw rant on this channel at Two o'clock with Daniel Davis, aka 
Ooh, Moriarty himself. Professor Moriarty is going to be on our Monday show. I hate the fact that I got this light here on me. Yeah, he's coming, guys. He's going to be on two o'clock on Monday. So make sure you guys come back. We got people lined up every week. We got superstars coming to talk to you guys every Monday on Raw Rant. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, again, don't forget tomorrow, Shane, Sunday, me, and we'll all be back with Robert Meyer Burnett and uh, Don uh, Dan, uh, Davis, aka Moriarty. On oh, and uh, the ShuttlePod guys will be with us on Monday as well. So we'll have Mark from the ShuttlePod show. So ShuttlePod show, Robert Brian Burnett, yeah. Daniel Davis. Sounds like For a winning. Sure. Sounds like a winning panel. A winning panel yeah. on which I'm going to get zero words in, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, no, Chris in, is not with us. You'll be okay. In Shane in the membrane, <clears throat> going insane. In Shane in the memory. Okay, we'll work on it. By the These way, Max, good. you're right. I'm gonna get some music for the next for next week when we do spin the wheel. I will have music for that. I apologize. I did not have that this week. All right, that's <laughs> it. We're going to the member section. We love you so much. Nothing is better than doing the show with you every Thursday. And we thank you for your patronage. We thank you for your support and just watching and just talking with us. There's nothing better. It literally fills my entire week up with joy. And this is why I haven't crashed my car into a bridge. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.